Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Keen Rail Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Alberts and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in and have a look around and sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unreturned tapes will be hunted down by our crack team of talking 2D cartoon squirrels brought into our world by a cursed pencil and led by Peter Sledge, a human detective with a graph exterior but a heart of gold. No, seriously, his heart was replaced by an actual heart of gold after a classified mission deep in the jungles of Bengala that he never talks about because society has made him think he has to be a strong man that never shows weakness. But that kind of toxic thinking won't matter when they sneak into your pad and he gives them the okay to store your nuts for the winter, will it, Padre? This is Weird Kid Video. So uh, I bought about like eight tapes this week. You're a bad man. <laughs> You're a bad man. Eight. Yeah, I bought eight new tapes. Cheap ones or yeah, I got no. I got a deal. I did that thing where oh, you bought a load of tapes. No, I didn't buy a bulk lot, but I was on eBay and I found a seller that had a bunch of stuff that I wanted that was real cheap, and I liked all of them because that's how I, you know, like you kind of favorite things for later, yeah. right? And then and then he made me a lot of offers I couldn't refuse. Oh, that's his stuff awesome. was cheap to begin with. Like his tapes were, were kind of hit or her. I don't know. Um, they were cheaper. They were on the cheaper side to begin with. And then he they discounted all of them. That and is awesome. So I bought eight tapes. <laughs> uh, old business. I mean, I know we're in the old business, but I have old business. We have old business from last uh, pod, don't we? We have old business. We're gonna do the trailer old business first. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. The trailer I from... Uh, write any notes. The trailer that you sons of bitches didn't watch because you don't respect people that make movies. Yeah. And watch the I end do. of the I know I the just start the movie again straight away. Gets the credits, I start the movie again. It's not disrespect. It's so much respect. I want to watch the movie twice. So for those, <laughs> that, for those that maybe haven't it's listened... It's not a liar. That's what I do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You son of a... <laughs> for, for those that maybe didn't make it through the four hours of podcast about the Wraith, mm. there was a trailer after the Wraith on the VHS that these two did not see. So we're going to talk about this week. It is Alex Cox's Straight to Hell. And wow. Yeah, it was insane. Um, it's like a. It's we need like to fucking watch this movie. I've never seen it. I wa- I've always Love. wanted to see it. Yeah, before grunge. That's insane. Courtney Love before she was Courtney Love. I didn't even did so. She did movies before she yeah, was Courtney she was, Love. She was around before Hole existed. It's a great trailer. It's fun. It's like it feels like a a nineties. Robert Rodriguez movie in the eighties. It, it seriously feels like someone watched Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and then The Pest and The, pest. the Good, the Jesus Bad, and the Christ, Ugly. The Pest, yeah, good. I mean, it, it has the yeah. score of The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And then like every Leslie Nielsen movie, and just fucking and then just put a bunch of and then just put a bunch of like rock musicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was with that? It's all musicians. That's great. Um, I've yeah, never the seen line, We have a through line. They played they pl- that band at the end there played the music for Wild Thing, didn't they? They did Wild Thing originally, didn't they? Mm, the no. Trogs? The, no, the Pogues and the Trogs are two different bands. Oh. <laughs> I've embarrassed myself. As a kid, it's a movie that I wanted to see that I just never got to. It's just never, never, ever got to that movie. So to we'll that put movie. it on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a look around. I couldn't find a copy of it. On VHS. Yeah, it was fucking cool. I watched it and thought it was 
insane and then realise it's the fucking movie that we have to watch. I'll put it on the list. Thank you. The list <laughs> is getting longer and longer. It's okay. We've got all the time in the world. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, fact check. Oh, we're doing fact check first? Yeah, we're saving the best for last. Okay. <laughs> fact check. Uh, corrections for the Wraith. Kean and Brody both said that Randy Quaid had not done a National Lampoon's Vacation movie when he well, did the I race. Well, the question. Yeah, but you both did. agreed I was pretty that adamant. you were both pretty adamant that he looked older in National Lampoon. Yeah, all he does. The Wraith came out in 1986. The first Vacation movie came out in 1983 and go. he was in it. I should know that. It's one of those things where in the moment I just spat off and then later I go, no, I was probably wrong about that. That's how I operate in <laughs> my whole entire life. I'm always, I, because I pride myself on, on uh, you know, the knowledge of the See? shit that we talk about, I always am like, oh, fuck yeah, I do know that. I just I can't believe how so early in stuff, the 80s it was. There's just so much stuff in here that yeah, it's hard there to is. find sometimes. <laughs> there really is. The um, second vacation movie came out after the race. Yeah. So it could have been that the, you the saw the second one first. Mm. Do you want to get to the... I don't even know. Get how do we, st- how do we start? How do we start? We will. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Weird Kid Video. <laughs> um, we'd love your support because we're a little heartbroken this week because of some news that came to light a couple of days ago. We should also just preface that we are recording a bunch of these episodes ahead of time. Yeah, we haven't so. actually even released any yet. So we've been working on um, sort of starting our, our internet presence. Mm. And part of that is by starting our Twitter. Did I mention? We give video at Twitter. Don't like, don't subscribe. You should definitely <laughs> follow us because we're very heartbroken this week because we followed Janet Maslin on Twitter. Of the New York Times. Of the New York Times because we love her and she's mm. our favourite person of all time. She blocked us. <sighs> We are blocked by Janet Maslin. How did like, that happen? Like hard block. What the fuck? How did that happen? I think we just followed her and we, she just blocked us. No. <laughs> we didn't add her we or had, harass we, her or anything. We'd like there's like two tweets on our account. <laughs> there's two tweets on our account and we I followed her. I looked her up and I followed her on Twitter. And then Kira was like Oh, sweetie, I've got some news. <laughs> I am fucking heartbroken. I know. We love her. No, no, no. Once maybe, we release some pods, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to fucking win her back. <laughs> don't like. Don't subscribe. Block us, like Janet Maslin of the New York yeah. Times. She's ahead of the curve. She's ahead of the curve. We um yeah, we'll try to win her over. If you're listening, why don't you love me? New business. New business. New I'm business? not over the Janet Maslin of it all yet. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's our soul. Well, we've got to get to the new business because this week we're causing an international incident. Yeah. Because we're a hot-headed, stubborn, sullen 80s teen with an attitude who's not going to take it. We're talking about 1986's Iron Eagle, or as Brody calls it, Awkward Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Masters. He's 18 years old. Raised on an airbase. Are you out of your mind? Born to fly, living for the day he'll earn his wings. Suddenly, just when life was going great. Doug, it's your dad. He's been shot down. Hey, buddy. Davis, hey, it's okay. Colonel, will you please just tell me what's going on? Your country has been warned time and time again. Because they claim a 200-mile limit. We only recognize 12. So when are they going in? Reparation is our due. Don't lie to me. Three days. In three days, they're going to hang him. When the Pentagon is helpless. We're doing all we can. And Washington's hands are tied. We make the laws in this country. There's only one thing to do. 
and he'll do it with one of the toughest fighter pilots who ever lived, retired Colonel Chappie Sinclair. You know, your dad understands a lot about people's dignity. That's the last kind of person in the world I'm going to see locked up in some stinking cage somewhere. You think with the right plan, it'd be simple to go in and get him? Probably. What's going on? Look, I'm telling you right now, I bet you I can get a plane. Bingo, we're in. Are you wide enough to get me a couple of pilots, too? I've got three times as many hours on that simulator as most pilots flying Falcons on this base right now. I'll test you out on some live targets. He may know how to fly. Now he must learn how to fight. Want to concentrate. Sit tight and wait. We're gonna heat up from here on out. For them, waiting time is over. Okay. They're going in against the clock. In a pair of borrowed F-16s. One heart, one soul. Jeffy, I hit it. Now just worry about the pre-makes that got up. Award winner Lewis Gossett Jr., Jason Gedrick, Iron Eagle. Directed by Sidney J. Fury, uh, who's also co credited as a writer um, of this movie as well as the director. Dude's made some pictures. Uh, he cut his teeth in juvenile delinquent films in the 1950s and 60s uh, before moving into kind of like a mix of horror, western, and war pictures, uh, uh, mostly in Britain before coming to the, to the US. He was offered. The Godfather and attached the to The fuck? Godfather. He was offered The Godfather yep. and turned it down? Uh, he left early in pre-production because of budget uh, issues. As in he wanted more money? Yeah, so Paramount, uh, this is an un- might be an unconnected story. It could have been a completely different issue for why he left. But Paramount notoriously wanted to make that movie as cheaply as possible and wanted to set it in the modern day, which then would have been the New York, New wow. York in the 70s. Um, one of the things that Francis did when he, Francis Ford Coppola did when he came on was like insist that it had to be a period piece. Um, that movie notoriously was a movie that was a wild success with no help of the studio who fought for that movie to be bad at every point of production. Isn't that um, the way? Fuck. Yeah. So, um, but how could they not afford this guy, but they could afford Francis Ford Coppola? Coppola was nobody when, when he made that movie. That's Francis, uh, that's Francis Ford Coppola's like, that movie made him. Wow. The so where was Iron uh, Eagle in his career? Oh, later. So Iron Eagle is, is obviously the age. Oh, the age. wow. It absolutely would have changed the tra- trajectory of his, well, career, of his career. We don't know it, his vision match. Yeah. Yeah. If it had been if his, a him. Yeah, but it was a massive, so th- that, that book was massive, right? Which is why the movie had a built-in audience and was, ma- uh, it was massive. Yeah, interesting. Right. So, I didn't realise that. Yeah. I didn't realise. I knew that there was a book. I didn't the know book that the book is, was popular the book at is, the time. Also, the book is real weird. One of the best things that would just turn into a fucking Coppola podcast, uh, Distraction City already. One of the best <laughs> things about that adaptation is that Coppola cuts like half of the half of the plot out of it because <laughs> there are some weird fucking subplots in the Godfather book. There's some really weird sexual subplots where there a guy is trying to get money so his daughter can have basic. I, I could be wrong. I'm just remembering this. So if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm we'll just fix it next week. Um, but I think so that she can have like labia reduction surgery. Wow, some type of some type of surgery. I know it's some type of surgery on her on her genital. On her I genital mean, compared to some of Stephen King's weird sexual 
things in his book, that's not that bad. Kira's writing a note to check that. <laughs> check the Labia talk. Anyway, back to Sidney J. Fury. In the mid-80s, his resume shifts to mostly action movies, except for Ladybugs, a Rodney Dangerfield movie where he coaches a teen girls soccer team. <laughs> uh, he also directed the, the canon film's absolute clusterfuck that is Superman for the quest for peace. <laughs> he also directed... Iron Eagle 2. Hey, oh, there's a sequel. Yes. What the fuck happens in it? And Same crew? Iron Eagle on the attack. Oh. Shut the fuck up. The fourth movie. What? Because there's four of these. The same cast? Any um, of the same cast? Louis Gossett Jr. Uh, Chappie. He's yeah. in, oh, he's in yes. All, he's best in character. Fuck yes. He's in all of them. Yeah. I do own Iron Eagle 2. Oh, thank God. So that's next week. <laughs> as well as another movie I have in the store. Uh, the Taking of Beverly Hills, which oh. I'm really excited to talk about. The Taking of Beverly Hills. No, I, should a, I re- know what no, that is? It's okay. just an. It's like it's a '90s action film that time has forgotten. That is just so much fun. You've seen it. I've yeah, seen curious. That. Is it yeah. like an action, like one man against a whole crew that comes oh, yeah. in? Oh fuck yeah! yeah. Robert Davi's in it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's a really fun one. Pick that one if it ends up. <laughs> yeah, it's a great. It's a good. It's a good fun movie. Um, oh, damn, it's not my week to choose movies. No, it's fuck. Fun. I mean, I don't even know whether he's going to let it be one of them but I'm picking the professional sports drama unless I'm forced otherwise (laughs) you gotta play the game valley boy Um, starring shut up fly baby starring Jason Gedrick and his mullet as Doug Masters Mm, Uh, Doug Masters what a fucking name yeah it's yeah it's a good name it's a strong name it's Mm. a proud American name (laughs) (laughs) um we love uh, proud American names. Oh, yeah, we do. Um, uh, Gedrick was a bit of a teen heartthrob for like 10 minutes in the 90s. I would imagine. Yeah. He looks like he's, the kind of kid that would have been. Cute. He, he is, is fucking cute. He is real cute. He is very cute. Yeah. yeah. He's gone on to work uh, consistently, mostly in, te- in television. Um, I always remember him playing a sleazy actor and murder suspect, Neil Avedon, in uh, a 90s television show called Murder One, which Kira's also mm. seen quite a few episodes of. Mm. We never finished it. Never but finished it. I've definitely heard of it. Um, it was Murder One's awesome. It was it's unique. like an Agatha Christie kind of thing. Well it's a it's a whodunit, yeah. but unique at the time in that it had a it had one mystery slash court case that was followed for the entire season. Oh. So serialized in an era when most law shows and cop shows were yeah. like, like by the know, week. bad guy of the week or, yeah. or case of the case of the week. Um, and it holds up. Like Kira and I watched, I think half of the first season before we, yeah. before it dropped out of our, our rotation and stuff. Um, and we should come back to it cause it's real good. Yeah. Okay. It's good fun. It's very nineties, but yeah. like, it's and still really, still really our good. Our new friend is in it. Yeah. And Jason Gedrick is in it. Hmm. Lewis Gossett Jr. is chappy. Fucking He hell. was so good. What yeah. a fucking legend he played in this character. Yeah. Do I know him movie. from something else? Oh, uh, you would definitely have the seen The name him sounds familiar. Things. He's in tons of stuff. He's been he's a working actor. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know where you I'm gonna name check what you would know what you would know him from. Okay. Um in a, in a second. But yeah, he's a guy that I've been a fan of since I was a kid. Like yeah. I've like, seen him in tons of stuff and really, re- really liked him. He felt familiar. He's still- He fucking chewed he's the still, scenery, still floating around. Yeah, he's having a great time. Oh, he fucking killed this movie. Yeah, so um, a favorite movie of his that you, I don't think you've sat down and watched it, but you were in the room when it was on. <laughs> that happens is, a lot. Is <laughs> um, a movie called Midnight Sting that's also known as, as Digstown. Um, mm. it's a, uh, with James Woods, it's a con man boxing movie that just uh, rules. That sounds familiar. Mm. It's great. It's a gr- fucking great movie. It is absolutely positively on okay. the, on the, on the list. Fantastic. Um, it's a good time. He's also the, um, the principal in toy soldiers, the terrorist uh, versus 
Yeah, that's it. Colombian terrorists slash drug yeah, dealers versus fuck, um, what a movie. teenagers yeah. with um, Sean Astin. That's where I know him from. With Sean Astin and um, and Will Wheaton. Yeah, both in, both in that, that's in where that I know him from. Does anyone else get that, that movie, movie confused with the movie where the toy sol- the toy soldiers and yes, toy aliens which is come also alive? The Joe Dante movie, which is also a fucking great movie with young yeah. Kirsten Dunst in it. Um, he is also in the original Punisher movie. From 1989. Oh, I have no idea. Starring, Not Dolph, even seen starring Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. Oh, what? Uh, Shot in Sydney, Australia. Oh. Fuck yeah. It's on the list. Of course. Oh, yeah. You're a god. Do you have it? I don't have it. Oof. It's one that I'm, it's, I'm, it's one I'm actively looking for. Yeah, mad. Uh, David Shuset. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, an English actor in unfortunate brown face as was the style of the time as Colonel Akia Nikesh. Oh, the bad guy. Yeah. That's uh, a I thought I'd seen him before. He's done a couple of things. I uh, thought he looked a bit odd. Best known for the 10 million times he played Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot. Yes! That's in it! The, in the, those TV movies that were around forever. That is definitely it. He's Poirot, yeah. It, where he's playing, oh, where he's playing I Belgium. can't believe I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Um, that's, that's also a common theme. Lots of you will see lots of villains that are played by uh, brown villains that are played by white guys because that's what they yeah, did. Yeah, of course. Uh, and the future cop himself. <laughs> Shut the fuck AKH. up. Oh, my God. He's did you dad. not realize? He's the dad. Oh, my God. Holy fuck. How did you not know? As soon as you said time. it, I realized. Okay, I'm just going to say it out loud so that it ends, eventually ends up on a T-shirt. Brody, did you even watch this fucking oh. movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's when you say certain things, it just clicks. Tim Thomason as Ted Masters. Oh, fuck. I can't believe oh, it. How did you a, not recognize Brody, him? Brody, was such a fucking squid. That's insane. There are also lots of other people in this movie that are in other movies, but I will name check them as they appear on screen because okay. they don't yeah. have, they don't have uh, large roles. Yeah. A lot of the other background people are I know from other things. Because cool. my brain. Because my brain's real weird. There is a point that I'll talk about in this movie where, like, I wanted to delete all of my notes for this movie and go, fucking perfect 10. And I'll (laughs) I'll tell you when it happens. Okay. (laughs) We're very excited. Interesting. Uh, Trailers. I love this movie. One trailer. With the fucking king. FX, Murder by Illusion. Raleigh Tyler is an FX man, the movie's master of special effects. show you a thousand ways to die. Great special effects. Now somebody wants Raleigh Tyler to do it for real. We want to stage a fake assassination, Raleigh, and we want you to supervise it. Who's the we? Justice Department. I'm a special effects man. I deal in make-believe. I'd like to keep it like that. We just thought that we might be able to utilize your particular genius to help us out. And what if someone takes a shot at me? You are 100% protected. I give you my word. That job that guy wanted me to do? But they're setting him up for murder by illusion. He hasn't done anything. What if he put in real bullets? If one person, one person suspects. Sorry, Raleigh. No loose ends. He tried to kill me. You go directly to the newspapers. What makes you think they believe me? I believe you. My name is Leo. We need to talk. Where the hell are 
are you, Tyler? He's going to need every trick from every movie he's ever made. Remember my particular genius. Just to get even. And get out alive. I'm in pursuit of a blue step band. Letters on the side. X as in Frank, X as in X-ray. Remember Skidball Express? I sure do! But Raleigh Tyler's most special effects are yet to come. Forget why you hired me. What next? And then it's gonna send Nelly in. Oh my God! What? Is he the weapon or the victim? Is it real or is it FX murder by illusion? This is fucking great, right? It's the best movie. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Have it's you seen so it? It's so good. Yeah. So, okay, so this is a movie that I love. I've seen love. this multiple times. Yeah, this it's- is a movie that I love that I introduced to Kira before we knew that there was going to be a podcast. This looks like a movie that, like, isn't good because it's bad. It looks like a fucking no, it's really a good movie. movie. It's a legitimately it's a, yeah. good, good, good movie. good movie, but so, it's ridiculous in a way that we I, could do it on the podcast. Can I guess, <laughs> is it like home, Adult Home Alone meets Mission Impossible 1? Yeah, kind of, but kind of, but yeah. not. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Kind the of. mind fuck of Mission Impossible One, the like twists. Yeah, with the like MacGyver Home Alone esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. So he's it a, is so good. So uh, <laughs> Brian Brian Brown, God, plays Rolly Tyler. He's a special effects guy that gets drawn into a mob hit. Um, uh, for the, with the FBI that then ends up going on the run. Setup. And using his special effects skill to take down the bad guys by, but while being pursued by a cop that thinks that thinks he did it, played by Brian Dennehy, who was fucking great in this movie as well. Um, Such a good setup. Yeah. So the murder by illusion bit of the title was added for home video because <laughs> nobody knew what the fuck FX was. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It was a, it was a little bit of a uh, a hit though. It made some it made some money. Um, so much so that there is a sequel, FX two, which is also which really, is also really which good. Which is also really good. I've wow. also seen that. Um, <laughs> wow. Brian Brown again? Yeah, Brian Brown Fucking and Brian Dan- and Brian Dennehy both both return. You will love these. It's movies. a really oh. great. It's a solid movie. It's a it's a solid kind of thriller movie that people just don't make any. Just do not yeah. make anymore. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, it's really good fun. Yeah, um, I love his apartment. Yeah, his apartment is great. His yeah. apartment his is apartment, great in the because it's, yeah. it's all full of because yeah. well, it's all full of like special effects stuff and things. It's like a Fuck it's called yeah. loft space and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Brian, Both of your wet dreams, I can imagine. Yeah, and Brian Brown is his <laughs> peak gruff charm in this. Like he was yeah. on his way to being a to being a, a star in the US before he decided to walk away. Yeah, he. What happened with that? What happened with he him? He just he just didn't like the politics of Hollywood. Is what he has so said. He came back to Oz and then he came back to Australia and he's still making movies. Like he's still he's still a fucking around. He's made some great Australian movies as well. As well. Yeah, he really um, has. I fucking love that man. On the off chance that. Uh, because we are Australian. On the off chance that anyone that knows Brian Brown ever listens to this podcast, uh, I have an adaptation of an obscure Australian <laughs> science fiction novel that I want to adapt to write and direct. And he is uh, a really think, fucking good writer. That I think he would be perfect for. So <laughs> if you wanted to reach out at our social media channels, <laughs> got to take my shot. <laughs> we have secured funding. We have secured funding. Yeah, we've got all the change in my pocket. <laughs> Whose turn is it to recap the premise of Iron Eagle. We don't really take turns. I don't turns. think we take turns, Brody just does No, it. no, no. It's just- No, it's, we, no, we no, no, shared no, no. it. We yeah, shared I did it no, once no, no. and I you got just, yelled at and I don't want to do it again. You shift responsibility <laughs> around until somebody does it and then I tell you that you did it wrong. I have tried to because Ellie started watching this with me halfway through. 
and I had to kind of recount what was going on. Um, so I can make an attempt. I still feel like I'm a bit long at doing it. Do you want to? I mean, I'll try, but if my husband yells at me, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> what if your co-host yells at you? You know, you're the same person, right? <laughs> it depends. He was talking about me. No, I don't. I don't know how to yell. And also, we're not married. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a co-host. Oh, oh. I see. <laughs> Did I just get lowered? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just got confused. Okay. Premise. Kira, if you want to cut the Jeopardy music in right here. <laughs> you can do shout this. out to uh, the late great Alex Trebek, my only existing uh, natural enemy. <laughs> A son tries to rescue his captured father by taking over the Air Force. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That's solid. That's pretty solid. My, that mine would be mine would be a, a teen boy steals a steals a jet to rescue his father from a nation because his government won't do anything about it. Mine was shorter. I win. Mine would be an army brat uses all his friends to take over the air force and rescue his father. Yeah, just some light coup. Yeah, some light yeah. Coup work. yeah, just a little. It's insanity. tiny treason. <laughs> yeah, um, it is fucking. From word go, there is so much, th- so many things in this movie that is so incongruous. If it was real life, I would be very worried about America's safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of easy. Yeah, <laughs> looking through the blockbuster guide to movies and videos from the year 1998, when a father of a young pilot is kidnapped, it's up to the son and his tough as nails mentor to free him and exact a suitable vengeance on the bad guys. Two sequels followed. And they gave it two stars out of five. So this book came out before the fourth one came out? Yeah. Or, or that it was direct video and they don't count it. Uh-huh. Which is something that, that sometimes the guides, guides do. I don't Interesting. really remember. I think the second one went to cinema and I don't think anything past the second one went to cinema. So this movie was fucking great. Uh, we're not there yet. Are we not? What business do we still have to attend to? Well, we're still, as much as she's broken our heart, we still have to... Talk about Jenna Maslin. <gasps> yes, is there a Jenna Maslin? Yeah, there is. Fuck it's actually yeah. a little less. Um, it's it's a little less uh, biting because she than obviously the, realizes the quality of the film. Jenna Maslin in the New York Times. I condensed this much more than I did her previous one because last week we did four hours on the wreck. Iron Eagle is a very shrewd teenage variation of Rambo slash missing in action formula, a military rescue movie with a nice young hero and a fun loving feeling. There is some disparaging talk about President Carter's performance in such situations and about how much tougher Ronald Reagan might be. Uh, but the drama is played out strictly on personal terms. If we're indeed due for a rash of military vigilante movies, and it appears we are, then they may as well be as skillfully done as this one. Sidney Joe Fury directs the film smoothly, although it has a slow spell midway with Doug and his friends on the airbase spending too much time organizing their emergency rescue effort. The overabundance of both rock music and gun-ho rhetoric uh, diminishes the movie in some ways, but it didn't hurt it with the crowd at the national yesterday afternoon, an unusually large segment of the audience was either in uniform or in paramilitary fatigues. Iron Eagle is rated PG-13. It contains some violence and a lot of tough talk. So less biting, also just less interesting. I just think that she wasn't as, uh, as into, this, in, into this movie. Yeah, bored by it, which I get. There are moments where I was like, this is moving so slowly. I wonder, because she said that everybody was wearing military fatigues when they went to see this movie, like that they were actually it drew from. A, yeah, it probably drew a I wonder what they actually thought of it. They probably because, laughed their asses off. Because that is possible or because that's not possible? Because <laughs> this is definitely one of the most unrealistic movies yeah. we have watched so far. And we already good. watched Jim Carter <laughs> and Trances. Fantastic. 
Yeah. And wild thing. Yeah. What I did appreciate though is they threw you in so hard into this fucking world where like this would be possible that midway I just stopped questioning it's it. It's essentially so the thing is, my approach for this is it is a Reagan era action fantasy film, right? Yeah. And so where every the, little boy wanted to be a soldier. Yeah, every little boy wants to be a soldier, right? So you either buy in to the movie mm. or you don't buy into the movie. And if you buy into the movie, then you accept the terms of the, the of the world that they have created for us. Which is that teenagers can take over the air. Which is the teenagers yeah. can take over the air force and and pull off this mission. And then you're either into that or you're not, right? There was a moment where I literally threw my pen and I was like, yeah, I'm fucking into this. <laughs> yeah. My backstory with this movie so it's, it's we've already kind of talked about the things that, that appealed to me as a kid. Like it was the music and it was the the kids taking over an army base and, and going on a mission. It's kids saving the world. I love me a kid saving the world. Yeah, movie. fuck yeah. Um, uh, it's, the, it's the Walkman and the montage to we're not going to take it. Like they're the things that are stuck in my brain from, from, from childhood. The fucking flying got me into it. Yeah. Um, I saw the sequels. I think up until like number three, but yeah, the idea that I could steal a fighter jet and learn to steal a fighter jet and, <laughs> and, and just fly around like that as a kid, like one of my dreams is flying. Like I want to be able to fly. Like that's not, that's really cute. I didn't know that thing. about you. Well, I love, I love heights and I love, I love jumping from heights and I yeah, like speed. Right? This is the, the man who of, found skydiving quite relaxing. I was like, it was, <laughs> yeah, a, it is it was a Zen experience. Yeah. Like even at no the, point even did my the, adrenaline spike. Even, I was yeah. like, I'm having Even the free fall. <laughs> he was Zen in the free fall. It's not like he was Zen in the parachute part. He was Zen in the free fall part. The only time that I, my heart rate spiked doing it was sitting on the edge of the plane. Did you get that? No, my excitement spiked. I was like, fuck yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was like, let's go right now and then let's do it again. Yeah, fucking oath. It's over too um, quickly. It's, yeah, I, I loved it. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've revisited this movie at least once this century. At least once this century, maybe maybe even a couple of times. And as a kid, obviously, had zero thoughts about the politics of villainizing an entire country of brown people mm. that we don't even bother to name. And um, just invading them as well. Yeah. But... It's probably better that they're not named because if they're named, then you... Yeah. <laughs> well, if they're, named, if they're named, they might retaliate. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, that's aren't, tr- they, aren't they named and it's not a real country? No, there's no, no. name for this yeah. country whatsoever. They uh. obfuscate about with the location and the, and the name. The I entire, thought I heard somewhere a in the med. type of name. Like no, that. somewhere in the med. It's, it's, uh. it's, it's Libya. Right. You reckon? It, yeah, it's basically Libya. It's where it's positioned in the Mediterranean when you do see glimpses of kind of maps and stuff. Um, it's meant to be, it's meant to be, to be Libya. It's very, mm. the generals, it has a mix of like, um, uh, an Iraq, Iran feel, but they mm. name check Iran, right? So they actually do mention Iran in the mo- in the movie. And, but it's also got a Gaddafi vibe. Yeah. The cash has a very like um, a Gaddafi thing. So I think it's meant to be Libya. Yeah. Right. But they go out of their way not to name yeah. a country. Unlike, you know, Smart. there's other movies of the era where they just make up fake countries. Yeah, I think like that would have made Jim sense. Jim Carter. Uh, Palmerstown, yeah. Predator, Valverde. Which oh, is used in my a, God. I did not even realize that. Which is, which is used in a bunch of movies. Valverde. Valverde. So other filmmakers have taken that name for like a South American country that has a dictatorship that's basically a representative of, like yeah. a, of a Colombia or a, a wherever. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of thing. This movie's pretty widely available. Like uh, it's one of the most widely available movies that we've that we've watched. You can That's buy it digitally. Surprising. You can buy it digitally in HD on most of the usual platforms and on Blu-ray. Um, it was a minor hit. It was it was a hit. It it, it um I think it led the box office the, the 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 weekend it came out in the states. 
but most people kind of think of it as a Top Gun ripoff. You were asked that question last, last week. Is yeah, it a I mean, the front cover doesn't do it any, any favours. No, um, it came out five months before Top Gun. Yeah, is it wow. one of those ones like like? No, it's not a it's not a Charles Band. We rushed it into production to get it out before the other one. Just <laughs> it just to- so happened that they were in production at the same time, and they're really different movies. They're, they're really not comparable. Completely, mm. they different. are very very different movies. One is a recruitment video <laughs> for yeah. the Air Force, funded by the, the Air Force. The other not one, fu- not funded by the Air Force. They definitely Sub- no supported by the supported, Air Force. supported okay. by the Air Force. And the, and, other, and the just- other one is a kids movie where they steal a plane. Yeah, yeah, and it was not supported by the. Well, yeah. I would imagine the Air Force would be like, you cannot do that. Yeah. yeah. We cannot um, tell people that uh, they can do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the other reason that's comp- that people think that it's a knockoff at Top Gun is because Top Gun was a massive hit. Like, yeah. this was a small hit. Top Gun was massive. But right? also, like, our main character looks exactly like a Top Gun. He kind of looks a little Tom bit Cruise. like He's got, a, like, a, a, yeah. But all the teen hero boys in the yeah. 80s looked exactly the same. And most people probably saw Iron Eagle on VHS as opposed to in a cinema. Yeah. Right? So it's a movie that... that would have even found it, even though it was a hit, it would have found it in a bigger audience. I mean, that's how I saw it. I didn't see it to a theater. I mean, it was a trial. And we're talking in terms of like make, uh, money, uh, US domestic, um, we're talking Iron Eagle took $24 million and Top Gun took $180 million. <laughs> so wow. not a small gap, like in terms of, to give you a comparison of the, of the size of the hits. This is also a movie that I've seen in a lot of other movies. Interesting. As so, in like on TV and other movies? No. The aerial combat in this movie has basically been treated like stock footage for the past 30 years. It is in tons of movies. On IMDb, never the best source of information, it lists 10 other movies that use the aerial combat footage from this movie in their movies as their footage. They're mostly like direct-to-video action movies and Uh, things and stuff. Um, But I actually vividly remember going to the video store with my girlfriend in like 1999, being completely unable to pick a movie, her just grabbing a movie off the shelf, it being a generic action movie with a Baldwin in it. I don't even remember which Baldwin, not Alec, one of the one of the other Baldwins, and us sitting and watching the movie, and me going, "Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> and remembering that I had fucking seen there's because of one shot in particular. There is one shot in particular that is in. Let me guess the Cessna on the on the cliffs. No. No? There is one shot in particular that's late in the movie that is reused in in this straight-to-video action. I don't even remember the title of it. I tried to look it up. I couldn't even find it on the, which, on the internet. Which shot? I'm not, well, I'll tell you when I get to it, oh, Okay, okay, okay. It's a tease. Oh, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. Set up payoff. I'm not Basic surprised. Basic storytelling. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not surprised, because <laughs> so like, the flying I'm, in this is fucking awesome. I am fucking spicy today. <laughs> <laughs> How much coffee you had? And most recently, it's Johnny Lawrence's favorite movie in Cobra Kai, TV show Cobra Kai. He's watching Iron awesome. Eagle. Awesome. In at least, yeah. least he name checks it, and he's definitely watching it like drunk in one scene. Oh, that um, might be I can't remember. Can't from. remember in which. In you enjoy which. that show, don't you? We I, love, that, I love show. that show. Yeah. yeah, it's great. The fighting in that show yeah. is better than ninety yeah. percent of the fighting in action movies, except maybe like you know John Wick and the stuff that's like really good and amazing. Yeah, good and amazing. Yeah, and I, I love, I love fucking Johnny and what's his name, Daniel Russo. Yeah, but Ralph I just. Machia. I just fucking can't stand the kids. Star Trek City. Yep. Um, shall we talk our way through Iron Eagle? Please. Are the planes real? Uh, we, we'll get to the that. The first scene is planes. I can ask it now. I'm, I've got pre, I've got pre <laughs> plane, I have pre-plane business. Okay, fine. Um, I want to talk about the fanfare. I want to talk about the studio logo and the fanfare. 
Okay. What do you mean? Um, it's the at the front of this movie is the the TriStar Pictures logo with the with the prancing horse that creates yeah. wings and dances over the logo, and it has the the music behind it. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that logo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the Pegasus. Yeah. yeah, I love that logo. That's. Um, I mean, one of the things that we've talked about in the podcast is that is that sense memory, right? And the, my yeah. con- my connection to these to these movies and the things that we're talking about is that sense memory. And movie logos and fanfares play a, play a part of that. Mm. And like when I hear that logo, I know I'm going to watch a movie. You know what I mean? It's like an entry point into into That's what I'm about so to true. watch, right? It's like I I have logos that I love. I have logos where I hear they give me a little thrill, right? Um, the Morgan Creek logo uses the music from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves for a little for a little while, Man. right? Um, um, the Canon logo is is with it, when it's got its fanfare is so iconic. The Orion Pictures logo, um, Tristar one is one of those one of those logos. Like I, I literally get a little get a little buzz. There is one of my favorite things about watching about watching movies is the anticipation that builds before the movie mm. even starts. This is something that's a little bit more more. Um, a little bit more of an experience from the cinema, but and Kira knows this. The moment that the the moment where it goes dark before the studio mm. logo plays is like one of my favorite parts of the motion picture experience of any of any kind. Because at that point, you don't know what's going to happen. Anything anything is possible, mm. and the TriStar Pictures logo evokes that in me too. Like it's like here we go. Here's yeah. here's a movie. And the funny thing is, is like it doesn't have the same association as like the MGM one in my head. MGM's like a little bit an older style. MGM doesn't do uh, the Fox. Yeah. The Fox one does because it's in front of, in front of like I think about like the Fox fanfare. Which one's the the girl standing? That's kind of like the Lady of Liberty. Which one's that? That's the Columbia. I like Columbia. the Columbia logo. Columbia that's does a, it a Sony, as well. Sony logo now. Sony Pictures. Yeah, um, because they they own Columbia. Yeah, the the Fox one does it because the Fox one. I mean, the Fox which one is, is the Fox one. Kira, would you like to do a rendition? I'm not going to do the thing? rendition of the Fox when you do <laughs> what it. What is it? We'll cut it in. Um. Oh yeah, with the searchlights. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 And so there's there's what's great about that is like so there. Are, I have lots of different movies that are connected to that sense memory. So that is Fox fanfare. Lights go down. And then the first notes of Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Like that bang of the first of the first notes of the themes of theme of Star Wars, right? I also have the there's the movie that does it where it like powers down at the end. I like it when people fuck with the fanfare as well because mm. it creates and the logo because it kind of creates a moment. The Matrix one did that. Matrix did that. Yeah, the yeah, all kinds of movie, all kinds of movies do that. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, so just wanted. And, so and that was the, my pre movie pre movie business. The, You're very the, cute. The sound thing as well. That yeah. What's it? What is it? It's like the THX one. THX. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that does this. That does the same thing. Yeah. I don't, none of the things that we're going to be watching are going to have the THX yeah. like in front of them. So anyway, that's, that's a great thing to touch on. Thank you. This movie starts with planes. I'd like to know if the planes are real. <laughs> yeah, we see two F-16s flying Are they planes under or the are they models? Are they planes or are they models? Oh, my God. You're just like... Or are they planes or are they models? <laughs> You've been waiting. You, uh, you wanted to know this earlier today and I would not tell you. So are they planes or are they models? I'm assuming they're really sometimes planes, but I'm wondering whether they're always planes. Or- they are 99% planes. Yeah. That's impressive. It's fucking impressive. I mean, so is Top Gun. Top Gun is yeah, all Yeah, but they had well. the Air Force on their side. Yeah. 
we'll 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 talk about it in a second. We'll talk about it within the within the, con- within the context. This is the context. <laughs> yeah, but I have some other things that I want to talk about. Talk about first. Uh-huh. Lead us in. Do, would you like? We could stop. We could do. We could just do planes first. Do you want to talk about planes? I want to talk I can about jump. planes. <laughs> <laughs> I can the jump. first thing you see. <laughs> I can jump ahead. So. While Top Gun had the support of the US Navy and used a bunch of real Navy assets, this movie did not because it involves children stealing a plane mm. from the Air Force and it makes them look bad. Fair enough. Right? The Navy puts, and all the military in the US, put real support and you get to use their shit for free um, if you are positive <laughs> about them mm. and their mission. And Top Gun is very, very much that. Positive it's about a recruitment. Their it's a recruitment movie. I love Top Gun. It's a, recruit, it's a recruitment movie. Yeah, um, Top Gun is also extremely impressive in its in its aerial stuff. I mean, if, you know, I, if it was going to be this easy to steal a plane, I would join the Air yeah. Force too. So I think this <laughs> so, could be an Air Force <laughs> what recruitment do you need a plane movie. For? So Iron Eagle had to come up with an, another way to get their to get their planes, um, and the way that they did that during Libya, they are in the Middle East. Fuck yeah, I knew it. I fucking knew it. They shot in Israel. And they used their planes. Yes. Israel repainted their their planes to, to look, look American. like American planes, <laughs> which is not a great idea, guys. <laughs> hey guys, should we be doing that? Fuck. Um, so all of the aerial sequences in this movie that involve F-16s and MiGs, they're not actual MiGs. They're other planes modified to look like MiGs. I didn't write down what type of planes they are. Um, I was shot over Israel. Right. Yeah. Using real using real planes, and then yes, there is mo- there is model shots, and I will talk specifically about the model shots when the model shots appear. Yeah, I would like to know that. Yeah, so that is that is how they do it, and the reason that Kira is asking is because we do begin with planes. We begin with Ted Masters and his wingman as they encounter some MiG twenty threes. I grew up thinking that I was going to have to worry about MiG twenty threes more in my day to day life. Well, they were every every like war movie. Yeah, had that's MiGs, like top, yeah. the Top Gun and everything. And MiG, you got to be good look out for the MiGs. The yeah. MiGs are on you. The MiGs are on my six. It's like I was like, are they watching? Me? Young, young Ken getting on a commercial plane. Like, where are they? Just, um, the the MiGs approach is revealed via some very handy exposition. Uh, uh, from a computer readout. Is that uh, a real thing? Did, no. Do you reckon that happens? <laughs> no. Then why did they go with that instead of a dialogue line? So that you, un- well, they do both later so that yeah. you understand what's happening. It's literally like the explainer. The, it's literally the poker game in Casino Royale where you have uh, one mm. character, uh, I can't remember his name again. I'm just blanking today. Where you have a character, ex- my world. where you have a character explaining how poker's played to yeah. Evergreen the, the entire time. It's it's we need to explain to an audience what's happening. Happening. That's all. That's all it is. Fair. I, um, I and I suppose and I, I understand. It's also, it's also because you've talked about like the aerial sequences are good. I think the aerial sequences, the geography is garbage in these movies. So yeah, in this look, movie, there so, are some moments of coolness. It's not all cool. Yeah, they just never make sense. So because of the way that the – because of how hard it is, like that's the thing is is that the aerial sequences in Top Gun are infinitely better than the ones in this movie. Also, mm-hmm. the budget was higher and they had more time and they had actual, you know, US military assets and stuff. Yeah. But how, think about how hard it is to just keep continuity on a scene on the ground. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you're trying to establish geography where everything's blue. Yeah, so you have no really spatial. Hard. You have no spatial orientation. Yeah. Like there are there are there are tricks that you need to 
figure there are things that you need to figure out to try to make make this stuff work anyway so i just loved how the planes were flying next to each other and they were so like smooth and still and like the tricks that they did were kind of dope yeah, I that's, mean, that's seeing, what I mean. Seeing plane fighter planes fly close together is like um, is it's amazing. fucking cool, yeah, man. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no argument about that. Um, I just mean in terms of the the overall the storytelling telling in the aerial sequences. Yes, is yes, more I what, understand is more what I have an issue with. So Ted and his wingman are, are told that they are invading the ter- uh, territorial space of somewhere, and the MIGs engage them by firing missiles. Ted, <laughs> Ted takes one of them out. It's a model shot for the missile and yeah. for the right. plane. For the yeah. plane every model. explosion in the film yeah. is a model every expl- shot. Yeah, it's a, I it's think a- that was the thing. I saw those and was like, well, that feels like a model shot. And I, it, this movie doesn't feel like the kind of movie that's going to have a big enough budget to they're have a plane. Like, so I was like, so like a some, some of each. these things. Yeah. So they're also like, if you look at those shots, they're also really fast. They're cut really fast. And they're really static. If you actually watch, yeah, them. there's not the, the plane is <laughs> the clearly not, not moving, moving to um, any of that any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Can I just say that? Thank God that these people shot without warning and just fucking came in and started firing, and there was no actual acting because the actual voice acting between our two pilots at the start was so monotone and so like robotic. But but it's but it's but it's Jack Death. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, I didn't realise that maybe I wouldn't have been as as critical if I knew it was our it boy. It is very generic. We're flying together. Talk. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, the dialogue is not. Is but not even sparkling. as they, like, get into shit and he's like, go home. But what about you, Commander? Go home. Like, it wasn't even, didn't even have that much emphasis in it. That could be a military, though. Yeah, I suppose. Look, I don't know. They are trained to be, like, cool under pressure. Mm. Yeah, but it's a movie. Yeah. So Ted's wingman is, is hit by a missile, but he's okay. There's no visual damage to the plane at all. In fact, we don't even see it. It just happens off screen. Yeah. <laughs> and then because it's hard to do a damaged plane. Um, so he bugs out. Ted takes out another MiG with a missile, and then he says it's four to one, um, which the computer... Uh, explains to him, but he also says it out loud so that you understand what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Ted's hit by machine gun cannon fire and has to eject. And then we we don't see him go down at all. No. We just cut to Jason Gedrick as Doug Masters in, yeah. in his bedroom. Uh, <laughs> so 80s. Yeah. This whole movie is so... The little brother is it. a fucking sick we'll character. Talk, we'll talk about yeah. that in a second. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. So he's repairing his Walkman and rushing out the door. Uh, yeah, and he stops by his little brother Matt's room who's talking on the phone to an old... chatting up an older girl. Yeah. Which is a nice piece of business. I really wish that that came back because it doesn't really come back later and uh, that would have been True. a nice little... Like, like for, a runner? Yeah. yeah, for him to either, like, run into the well, girl Imagine or- if, like, she came and comforted him while all the shit was coming yeah, down. like... But yeah. like he he what I just because that was so cute and like funny yeah that it would have been nice. What I wish is that really he stayed him. a badass throughout the whole movie. He becomes a whiny little bitch like when the he, shit goes down. Yeah. but like he is a little he, brother. He is a kid, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a kind of a trope in eighties movies that the younger brother is more advanced and adult than the than the older brother. That is true. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, movies that I kind of think of that have a uh, a wise ass younger sibling, uh, Seth Green, and Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, who's which? I don't think Brody's actually seen that movie. I can't buy me love. Um, no. John Cusack's younger brother in Better Off Dead, 
who there's a runner where it's the scene where John Cusack opens his bedroom door and the little brother is in there with like three core girls. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. And that movie is insane. Um, and even like Encino Man, the little sister in Encino Man is a bit of a wise, is a bit of a wise ass. So, so that's, that's, uh, of its era, and yeah, it's a shame that the movie doesn't. Movie just kind of drops it after a little. Yeah, after yeah. A little while. but it was a good intro. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's I think it's there to uh, set up that these kids are a little like a little wild. You know, they're kind of obviously running running around on this base doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and yeah. they've got a good so, bond kind of thing. Yeah, it's setting up the for the kind of family dynamic because obviously that's important. Um, Matt is uh, played by Robert Jane, who would later play Melvin in the movie in the movie Tremors. I fucking love the movie Tremors. Uh. He was probably one of the, besides, uh, 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 what was our, Jap- besides Chappie, what was his name, Matt? Yeah, Matt. Is Matt the is probably the one that does the most acting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doug says goodbye to his mum and his kid sister, reminding his mother that she has to pick up his tux. And it's a prom night. drops into shot. Prom <laughs> night, and he, he's graduating, graduating tomorrow. His mum also wants him back by six so he can talk to his dad before prom. Um, and today could also be the day that he gets an important piece of mail. There is a lot going on in this house today. Yeah, yeah. there really is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of uh, busy thing. Yeah. I was going to ask if you guys noticed the, the microphone drop. Yeah, it was real obvious. Yeah. <laughs> As he's exiting the scene. Um, that is not because a crew member fucked up. What is it? That is an artifact of the fact that we are watching it on VHS. Ah. So I'm going to try to explain this without having to draw a diagram. Okay. Um, but basically 35 millimeter film is basically, is basically square. It's not quite square. It's three, two yeah. aspect ratio. Um, and movies that are shot in 16, nine are actually cropped. So they cut the top and the bottom off the 35 millimeter film. Huh. Right. So it's that to get that widescreen, the widescreen look. When this was released on four in in four three on VHS, it's just uncropped. Right. So we're looking at the full thirty five millimeter frame. Would that happen often? I'll, I'll talk about why that doesn't happen often in a second. So it's not a fuck up. They shot safe for sixteen nine. Right. And in the full thirty five mil frame, the mic is in frame, but they didn't give a fuck because they were cropping it at sixteen nine. Yeah. But when it goes to VHS and they just use the whole negative. It's in shot. Interesting. How do you it's know that that's what happened instead of the lawyer? Because yeah. I pick. Did I'll, you I'll look it up or no, can you I tell just, by I just looking know. at it? I, can, I just know. And okay. um, you can also see the edge of the, you can also see, this is not a very good, uh, even the VHS is not a very good scan of the print. On You guys maybe didn't notice. On the edge of the right edge of the frame, you can see the edge of the film. I did not notice that. There is a black line. It is the edge of the. It is the edge of the of the of the, of the film. I did not fucking notice because that. Because yeah. the movie's not. The movie was not like transferred correctly. Wait, was there a black background? On it? There was a black background. Yeah, you're watching me. it on a TV. Yeah, there's, a right. black ba- there's a black yeah. background. I w- watched it once on a computer monitor, so I kind of kind of noticed. Yep. It's actually you can see the, you can see where the film ends. Right. right. So they're using the whole frame. Other movies that are on VHS get away from this problem by using pan and scan, um, right? So right. pan and scan just zooms in on the 16 by nine frame. It creates a square image out of the 16 by nine frame, so which means we cut the, the, sides. The, the sides, right? Um, and then what they would they would also do, the scan part of pan and scan is that in the post-production of the tape, they would move that frame around 
so that whatever is interesting is in frame. Right. Sometimes so if something's even, framed left, then they'll move the frame left so that you don't. They cut ma- off sometimes they head. would even create fake camera moves, oh. fake pans from left <laughs> to right or right to left or from mm. center to, to left to get that information onto onto frame. And so that's how I kind of know that the reason the mic is in is because they didn't do that because this movie is not pan and scanned. It's I can tell just from the way that it's presented. So if you were to watch this movie on one of the streaming services. I watched this movie. I also I watched this movie twice. I watched it in HD. The mic is not in the HD 16 by uh-huh. 9 version. Ha ha. On base, uh, <laughs> Doug jumps into his Mustang. That's a sweet car. Yeah. What the fuck is this kid? Like is he at this point, is he fucking 15? No, he's, well, about, he's, to, about, he's about to, to graduate to, high school. Yeah, so yeah, so he's he's, he's like he's eighteen. Okay, okay, yeah, right. That makes way more sense for the rest of the film. But I'm sitting there going, "What the fuck? Why does this kid have a Mustang?" First of all, I like, think it's probably his dad's car. Yeah, probably. That makes fucking sense. Oh I mean, my god! Either that, or his dad had bought it for him, and his dad because his dad's a fit, fit relatively high up in the air force, right? He's not just like well, a, he's a pilot. He's a colonel. Yeah, yeah, he's a pilot. But so he, I, the, they're the, rich, right? They live on base. No, they're not rich. They're not. I mean, rich. the kid has a fucking plane. It's the eighties, huh? It's the the middle class. It's it's like things were cheaper, and the middle class was much wealthier. And also, it's a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine that they would have some money though, because they live on base. They like would have anything else to spend. Their but money also, on. like, but also that doesn't even factor in. Like, he has a plane. Yeah, he has a plane because the movie needs him to have a plane. Yeah, like, but all the like, kids have like, a plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the kids have planes. Um, so yeah, he jumps in his Mustang convertible, um, and he's got this. He's got a setup where he can plug his Walkman into the eight track mm. in the in the dash of the Mustang. Um, so he can blast his tunes. He Is drives that a real thing. Um, yeah, it probably was. Okay. In the transition between eight tracks and and cassette tapes, there was probably a device, much like there's a device that allows you now to connect. Yeah. You know, we have a Kira in her car has a. Uh, you Aux plug it in. And it's thing. a radio. It tunes into the radio, so we can play music uh-huh. through the through the radio from our phones. You know. Yeah. That's um, clever. So that stuff exists in those kind of transitional periods. It's an old True. car, so maybe maybe that. That exists. Um, yeah, he drives around the base adjusting his EQ as he's driving because <laughs> uh, he also has a, like a full stereo system EQ in this car. And showing his amazing driving Well, skills. he's an absolute loose cannon yeah. around the base. Uh, does he's not a maverick. <laughs> he is a maverick. Um, uh, in the town, the town is uh, Alta Vista, California. Was this shot in like... It's shot in California. The, all the uh, all the American stuff. A lot they of they probably it, didn't fly they, a bunch of kids to. No, they split the production between California mm. and and Israel. So all the plane stuff is Israel, and then everything that's like an Air Force base or uh, maybe even the Air Force base is, is Israel. But there's a mix. There's a mix. Definitely a mix of a mix of stuff. So he pulls up to another drive-in that has. Uh, Bellhops to come out to your car. They're not yeah. on, yeah, they're yeah, on fucking cool. They'll carry over from the wraith. And he meets up with Reggie and and Tony. Yeah, this is the first moment where we get to see our token black kid being a token black kid in a movie. Yeah, like I don't, sure I don't know enough. if I'm being not PC, but like he's just sitting there doing like breakdancing. Well, he's moves. practicing his moves for the prom later. Yeah, well, we find oh, that, is that out. Why he's yeah. doing that? He's showing off his moves for the prom later. Um, yeah, uh, Reggie's played by Larry B. Scott, who is also in the Karate Kid. He's one of the first people that Daniel LaRusso fights in the All Valley tournament. 
So he's also in that movie. Uh, this is also the first time we see their team jackets. Yeah. <laughs> they have team jackets. The Eagle Flight Club. Yep. Oh, they do. It's very they're cute. A gang. I love that they're immediately paid out about it too. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, Tony is played by Jerry Levine, who plays Styles in Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you, kids, huh. you kids have not seen the Teen Wolf. <laughs> uh, not. There's some movies that I just don't want to admit not seeing That's in front fine. of kids. It's, it's fine. Like, it's fine that you haven't, se- haven't seen it. Um, I'm actually just, it, it makes me more excited because it means we can talk about Teen Wolf. Yeah. You know it's, like, it's actually, I make fun of you for having not seen it. But There's I, a lot of I, movies that awesome. I would love to watch, but like when it's just like, oh, I could watch this old dope movie. Or I could watch this new movie, which or, I know nothing I about. Spend, I could spend like 40 hours watching some obscure anime that nobody else gives a fuck about. <laughs> yeah, but anime is a thing for me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Um, yeah, so Reggie's practicing his dance moves. They give him shit about being late and how he won't be able to be late at the academy. Um, mm. Set up for, for in a second. On the street, Doug's girlfriend, Katie, is being harassed by in her car by a dirt bike and a pickup truck. Yeah, this is the whole Notch scene. You can continue, but when we're introduced to Notch, I like... Notcher. Notcher. Yeah. That's his name? Yep. Okay. Um, although he's an extreme asshole, I found his whole crew like really realistic like to assholes in real life, you know? Yeah. Like, I've yeah, definitely known guys like them. They're this movie's group. Cobra Kai. Yeah. 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 They don't like the people who, who fly. They, mm. they like bikes and cars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, the rich fucking, uh, apparently rich fucking base babies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hot, you're stuck on the rich thing. I feel like this hey, is going to be it. a. They've got to be rich. No, it's just a movie from no, the No, I'm, I'm going with the think. conceit of the film. I, okay. I'm going with um, it. Hot headed Doug tries to pick a fight with the guy on the bike, Nacho, who you already, we already talked about, played by Michael Bowen, who is an actor that I know as Detective Douglas in Jackie Brown and also as Buck, who likes to fuck. Yes! Wow. From Kill Bill. From Kill Bill. Fuck. Yeah. That, uh, Uma Thurman uh, fucks up royally in the hotel, in the hotel, oh, the hospital, such a, when she gets, comes out of her coma. Fucking great pull. Oh, my God. Did you yeah. know that when you saw him immediately? Yeah, yeah I was like, that's Buck from, from Kill yeah. Bill. And also, and also Jackie Brown. Because I haven't seen Jackie could, Brown. Well, Jackie Brown's my favorite Tarantino movie. Uh-huh. Much to the shock and dismay of most people that I tell that to. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Unique choice. Yeah, it's absolutely. I absolutely think that that is his best movie. Um, and then his little gang, not just gang, is full of people from other from other movies that I instantly recognised. Mm. There you go. So his goons are played by Rob Harrison, who is one of the members of the Cobra Kai. Oh. He's one of Johnny Lawrence's boys in Cobra Kai. He's yes. in the TV show. He's the guy that they go they go visit who's got cancer. Oh. Um, so yeah, Rob Garrison. Um, he's the guy with, that says, put him in a body bag in Karate Kid. Oh, oh fuck. He's the, that guy. Yeah, the other guy is Tom Friedley, who plays Court in Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, which is my <laughs> favourite Friday the 13th movie. Wow. There you go. This so, movie was made for you. Yeah, they, um, they trade insults. The one that I wrote down, I don't know if you guys wrote any down, Moose-Lipped Greaseball yeah. <laughs> That's the one that stuck, stood out for me. I just really liked Fly Baby. Yeah, Fly Baby was great. Yep. Um, I think I want to keep that one. I don't know why they called him Moosed Up Greaseball because it sounds like something that you would call like a big, beefy dude. And yeah. like our main man is definitely bigger than him. <laughs> like when he's talking about knocking him out, I'm like, yeah, you will. Mm. You will fucking <laughs> knock him out. Yeah. So Nacho wants Doug to run the snake with him. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, we find out that Nacho previously ran it with the Branson kid. 
and didn't learn his lesson. I um got mad wraith vibes in this in this part of the movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. little it's a little it's a wraith with planes. Yeah. <laughs> um, conveniently though, Matt arrives. Uh, Doug is not going to accept the challenge. He's not going to take the bait. And Matt arrives with a letter um, that Doug didn't get into the Air Force Academy because he has bad grades. <laughs> he got an F, and the reason he got the F was because he was sneaking out of class to go fly in the simulator. Mm. Later, we find out that he uses the simulator at nighttime. He gets snuck into the simulator at nighttime. So, did Doug fail night class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's always in this simulator, which is weird because when we see him do it, <laughs> he doesn't win. Uh, that's because Chappy tests him, but we'll, 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 okay. when we come to it. So, uh, Doug throws the letter away, which Notcher somehow gets his hands on very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. And wasn't even thrown in his direction. And reads it over the PA, which is what pushes Doug over the edge and he's going to fly the snake against Notcher. Is this the point where he runs up to Notcher and his friends really commit to holding him back? Or yeah. is that the first Hold time? Hold me back, bro. Was that the first time <laughs> no, when they first No, he's at, they're at the window and like basically Doug is like, uh, I'm going to wait here until you get come out. Yeah. And he's like, well, you can wait or you can run the snake with me. Yeah. Because yeah. when they when they run up and grab him, it was like, I don't know if you guys did drama in school. It was like those really timed moments <laughs> and everyone yeah. really committed to that point. And you just, when I saw it, I was like, they are holding him tight. Like yeah. he's being embraced. Oh, commitment is not a problem in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Um, everyone really does commit. I That's why I think I'm so into this movie and I got into the conceit. One of the interesting things I found was in terms of like just kind of character dynamics is that in this scene it starts with him being protective of his girlfriend and we're introduced to the girlfriend con- concept. But she's not really much of a girlfriend. Like they don't really play she's that. She's not in the movie. Yeah. yeah they don't. Well, she she's like, one of the girls, isn't she? No, nah, she's not. Is that a different not, girl? She's yes. not a base baby. Yeah. So yeah. she's just so kind of introduced she's and just then. She's furniture? Yeah. Yeah. It, like. In another, in any other movie, it would there would have been a scene where she tries to convince him not to go. Or she has one line of dialogue. Yeah, mm. she's maybe just in two. That one she's scene. in two scenes. That she, and she's the, in end. the prom. Yeah. Like, no, she's in the prom oh, as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah prom as well. But no, later on, that she's not involved in the plan. Oh, I thought she was the blonde girl from the plan as no, well. No, that is a different actress, yeah. and I know who that actress is. Right. Yeah. So um, we'll talk about that when that, yeah, when so that happens. Yeah, so what I was going to say, because I thought that was her, was that she's only just, she's like part of the crew, but they don't seem much of a couple. But if she's not even in the crew, it's like he has this girlfriend and then he just like, never yeah. talks to her again. He does talk about her at one point. He mentions that yeah. he needs to call her. Yeah. Um, and Chappie says that someone else will tell her yeah. that yeah. he's gone. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my feeling about that is, is that they needed a way to set up the snake yeah. And then they were done with that story beat. Yeah. 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 Which is fine. It's just interesting because normally in a teen movie like that, that she would relationship would role, be yeah. through it. She would be either an obstacle or a motivation. Yeah. Or just yeah. even or just emotional support. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or somebody for him to talk to. Yeah, yeah, but right. in these Even movies, it's just normally kind of like another some... peer that they talk to. Yeah, I mean, this does. So we've already kind of talked about Karate Kid. This kind of has. This is Karate Kid with planes. Nah, no, it a is little bit because it's because it's Daniel Larusso, Doug Masters, f- learning how to beat the bullies, which in this case is a foreign country, Middle Eastern country, with a with a an older sensei. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely get Miss Miyagi vibes from Jackie. Yeah, that's but the, like he's the he's not the new kid in town. No, but like okay, I'm not saying it's a one to one. Yeah, one to okay, one. Right, right. I'm just saying that it has. I said vibes. I didn't yeah, say it yeah. takes the plot and retells but it. The girl, yeah, yeah. I didn't say it's the, I didn't say it's the crow with cars. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but it does feel like this movie does that a a, a lot of have a something that they needed for a plot point and then it never comes back because even yeah. Even the bullies, they do the snake thing and then... There is there is a lot of shit that gets dropped in this movie and then it's just like, well, fucking see you later. Yeah, Yeah, which is Because it needs to move the plot forward. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it spends a lot of time not moving the plot forward. The good thing is is that the movie moves and has enough going on. Does it? mm. No, there are moments of acceleration and then moments of complete breaks. Yeah, we're 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 going to talk. It it doesn't drop them in a way and because of how the plot progresses, it doesn't drop it in a way that you go, wait, where are these people? The only reason we, I think the only reason we pick up on it is because we're analysing it intentionally yeah, and making we're, notes. We're, I mean, we're paying more attention to this movie than anyone has ever paid attention to this movie. Yeah. yeah because but, that's our brand. Yeah. <laughs> but in another movie, the the bullies would have needed to, I don't know, help him or he would have needed their help for something. Or, yeah, or they would have been a massive obstacle. Or they would have yeah. been an obstacle in the same way they you got, said the girlfriend would yeah, have Yeah, they could have gotten in the way when they needed something in call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Doug yeah, had to go to them and ask for his help to break into a base to because steal Because he yeah. knows whatever. how to do whatever. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a million I need you to take the fire trail kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Whatever, whatever that is. So at the airfield, someone's working on Doug Cessna. Yes, he owns a plane. He is a teenager that owns a plane. As they say on the internet, that's chappy. <laughs> it's a different chappy, but that's chappy. Uh, we don't know that yet. He makes Doug's fuel mixture richer. A lean mixture is what killed the Branson kid. What are you doing making my mixture so rich? How low you have to keep it to the ground? 50 feet? Why? As lean as you were running, if it went into a stall, you'd have lost your engine and never would have been able to pull it out. It must have been what happened to Jimmy. That's what happened to the Branson kid, all right? You didn't know that either. Joe couldn't come enough to they peel him off that cliff. Why are you? We'll talk about that later. If you come back. And there's a nice little moment where Chappie puts his gum um, underneath the, 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 hood. the hood of the plane to, to, to kind of to hold it down, which is yeah. kind of just a th- it's like a pilot thing, you know, pilots and gum. Yeah. I feel like that was not direction. I oh, feel no, like Chappie Louis, did that. That's just Louis, Louis, yeah. Louis Gossett Jr. just yeah. doing his business. And I love, I feel like also because of the way, uh, uh, what's our main character? Doug. Doug. Masters. Sorry. Um, I, I feel like the way Masters responds to him going, the Phillips head, I feel like he wasn't mean to, meaning to like draw attention to the wrong tool that he handed him. I didn't even spot the, the wrong he hands him a wrong tool? Yeah. yeah. So he asks for the tool and then he goes, the Phillips head boy, because he hands him uh, the flathead. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. I and because he kind of like, he kind of like is confused for a mm. beat. It could have been totally scripted, but I feel like that was Chappie chewing the fucking scenery. Oh, he does do a lot of that. So the rules of the snake. <laughs> um, Doug can take any path as long as he stays under 50 feet, uh, 15 meters, because the metric system rules. Uh, Notcher has to stay on the main road. The main road. The main road. The main road. They do a loop through Dragon Canyon and then back to the airfield. The goons are going to ride Monitor with Tony and Reggie. And while they're talking, we do see uh, Rob Garrison wandering around in the background messing with Doug's plane. 
Uh, yeah. Don't draw attention to it. Oh, I didn't but notice. It is, there, yeah. it is there. Yeah. Uh, way easier to see in the HD version, obviously. Okay. But you do see him uh, wandering in the background of the background. Yeah, of the I shot. noticed it in the um, second watch through. We come to the snake. Um, Doug has a, a, a leg belt. Yeah, that's the like- platform thing so that he's, he can use his Walkman and listen to music and fly at the same time. Man, the music is jamming, D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is an excellent part of the film. I think this is the, the high point. <laughs> yeah, fully though. I love this sequence. They this fucking is really cool. grab you by the balls and just be like, nah, yeah. fucking you're in this film. So aside from some like questionable rear projection shots, some insert shots of the of, of Doug in, in the plane, Yeah, um, this is great. The plane's flying low, really close to, the, close to that bike, chasing that oh, bike. Oh, that was fucking epic. Is, um, would he be really that close yeah, to that perspective? I mean, there's, there's long lens work, right? Yeah. But there's also like... I mean, later on, when they th- cross the fucking finish line, yeah, we'll, yeah, let's do it, Jesus do it all in fucking Christ. Let's do it all in order, but yeah, um, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's great, it's great work. Um, so Notcha quickly starts cheating and takes a, a shortcut he, through a fire trail. Because he said, because they say the main road, and then he goes into the yeah. on the dirt road, and the other guys go, the fire it's trail. a road, the fire yeah. trail. It's like, but the rules were main road. Main road. They said main road. They, they didn't did. say road. They but, said main road. I think we've also just brushed over the fact that there's lingo that they know and so they must have done this a couple of times. They're going to ride, the other kids are going to ride monitor. Yeah. Have we talked about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I said that out loud. And they're going to ride monitor, which means take up two other planes. Yeah, there's two planes chasing Doug's plane. What the Flying fuck? at a higher altitude because everybody's got planes. Oh, sorry. All right. Everyone they has might planes. not all own the planes. They yeah. might be borrowing the planes. Yeah, yeah. Fucking it's real like, relaxed. Fucking it's clearly airstrip. like flight school and stuff. As yeah, well. but like also, they're, in a, they're in a plane club. Yeah, but yeah. also like, what club. was their like purpose for the flight when they called into Radio Tower and be like, "We're just going to put up fucking planes near this fucking air base." You know, oh, what are you doing with them? We're fucking racing them. What else are we doing? <laughs> Stay out of our fucking business. <laughs> Yeah, so not just takes a shortcut, uh, and then they're coming up on Devil's Face where Branson bought it. Uh, that loop is fucking crazy. Yeah, that loop loop that the the Cessna does is crazy. The reason it's fucking crazy is because this sequence was flown by Art Scholl, who was a legendary stunt pilot. Art. There you go. Art what Scholl. a fucking name. Yeah. I love that name, Art. Yeah. So this the I snake sequence is Arthur, right? Or Artemis. Yeah, or just art. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this sequence was, was flown by him. So that's all him in that in that Cessna plane. Nice. Um, later in the same year, he was making another movie called Top Gun. <laughs> no. And he died. Oh. No. While filming the POV sequences of the uh, POV shots of the flat spin sequence from Top yep. Gun. Yep. Um, in his pit special off the coast of California. Yep. That's a shame. He worked on both movies. Um, neither wow. he or his plane were ever found. Wow. Oh, yeah. I hope that guy is on some coast sipping my ties. Yeah, well, With no. Tupac and- um, <laughs> his last words over the radio were, I have a problem, I have a real problem. Aww. What a fucking hero. That just gave me goosebumps. Yeah, so unfortunately, pour some out for Art Scholl. Um, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, because that dude was a badass. I mean, look yeah. at this sequence. It's, it's fucking epic. It's, it's great. Like, all right. Can we talk about the finish line just to talk we're about still, how well, much of a We're still going. So okay. back on, back with the snake, it's it's neck and neck. And then Doug's plane starts blowing smoke out of his manifold because they loosened his oil his oil cap. 
but Dog is committed. He's in the zone and he ends up catching up with uh, Nacho. And that, again, that plane's like real close to the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, as they cross the finish line, um, Matt and Katie are waiting with a little like ticker take like finish line thing. And it comes down to the line uh, with Doug just winning. Yeah, the shot of them going through the finish line is wild. It's fucking because wild. Because the wing passes over the motorcycle. Did, mo- did you motorcycle. have a look at how fucking close the wing is to the dude's yeah. head? Yes, it is insane. Epic. It's like less than a foot almost. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, and none of that's, is it any of that trick photography? No, or no, no. Is that no. It would have they- had to have been. No, they just do it for real. Yeah. They just do, they just absolutely you just have a pilot that knows exactly what he is doing. You and, can tell where the fucking bike. ribbons are and the bike are for the plane to go through the ribbon yeah. and be passing over the bike at that point, he would have had to been on the same road like a foot above the dude's yeah. head. That's crazy. Just doing it for yeah. real. It's um, great. It's fantastic. We've, we've also when the plane starts smoking. The other bully just immediately like divulges just, the plan. <laughs> oh yeah, that was me. What did you do to his engine, you freak? Nacho made me do it. He got me adjust his oil cap. Doug, not your head packer loose in your pressure cap. Land the plane, man. Land the plane. And he immediately just to admits to like yeah, attempted murder. Rob Garrison from from yeah. Kai doing some serious jail time for attempted murder. So can we think back about what this fucking bully's plan is, right? So instead of getting punched in the face because he's actually an asshole, he tries he goes, to kill. He tries to kill someone. Tries to kill. He takes a shot and he tries, tries to, to get his friend. And he's also resp- already responsible for somebody else's death. Yeah, yeah, that is a hundred percent what the movie <laughs> implies. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's a movie. And it's just, nah, not yeah. even addressed. Um, one aircraft thing, as Doug crosses the finish line, the Cessna's flaps are down, which is what you do to slow a plane down. Um. <laughs> so to make the shot work, the plane's actually going real slow. Well, it's going, it's matching the speed of the motorcycle so that they can do him just him just winning over the crossing line. Oh, but it means epic. that the Cessna has inf- like way more speed if it yeah. flaps up. And I mean, I, I find I it like how, to, hard to believe that a, Bike was anywhere near a fucking yeah, yeah, Cessna. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but and um, uh, that knowledge courtesy of the fact that I play a lot of Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> such a fucking. <laughs> and I know how flights work. Um, um, Doug has a, a wild landing off the runway. Oh, how good is the sound bite? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, shit. Yeah, but that even that landing is nuts. Like it's yeah. it, it's like that's a real plane like touching the ground and in brush and then. Making they would have had to speed that making up, a plane look like it's out of control is a hard thing to do without the plane being out of control yeah. and then getting it back into control and that's how Art Scholl died by trying to film a sequence where a plane was yeah, out of control. But that kind of thing is something that's typically done by a lot of jet pilots. They practice that, and that's a thing. Well, that he's they a, do. this guy was an air, this guy was an aerobatic stump pilot. Like, yeah, but slamming it into in, the ground is not something they normally do. No, 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 the flat spin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How he died. Yeah. yeah, the um, yeah, putting a plane into a into a spin is something that he would have had practice at. So yeah, like but putting a plane instead. into the ground is not something they really practice. No, 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 yeah. no, not really. Um, so yeah, um, he punches out Notcher. They they teleport towards each other. Do you notice that? Notcher no. gets off his bike. They're about like I don't know. They're quite a quite a distance away from each other. Doug gets out of the plane. There's one line of dialogue, and then they're right in front of each other, and he just punches him. I didn't like they just they're that. basically just in the cut. They yeah. just close that dis. They close that distance. You never see them walking towards each towards each other. Post race, uh, shit gets real. Milo mm. arrives. This is our introduction to Milo. Um, by the way, there seems to be no consequences whatsoever for Doug having crashed a plane. Nah, <laughs> no, not at all. It, it's never mentioned again. Uh, Milo is played by child actor Robbie Rist, 
He's the voice of Michelangelo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, hey. the oh, movie. Oh, yes. And Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use. What a fucking legend. Yep. So he's the voice of Michelangelo. Doug is told that his dad has been shot down. And at the base, he meets up with his mother, who doesn't know much uh, because they can't go into details. Doug just barges. Yeah, so secure for an army base. <laughs> Doug just bar- I mean, he does get chased by a security guy, but he just barges into a <laughs> yeah, command. Yeah, but he should have been shot. Command center to talk to a colonel. Yeah, I mean, national security, what? <laughs> um, Fully goes into what looks like a fucking war room yeah, with red lights and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a command center. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, a, like a flat command center. The only thing that Doug knows, uh, he talks to a colonel. The only thing that Doug knows was his dad was shot down over the med. The Mediterranean, and that there's going to be a trial. The, there's no explanation for what that is. The I just well, they would just know yeah. because they, they're, 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 they're fly babies. Yeah. Um, the colonel tells him it's a complex situation. Hell, it's a bunch of nonsense. Well, it's kind of a complicated situation. Hell, it's a bunch of nonsense, really. Some countries play the ball game a little different than we do. Come on. Stick on my heels for a minute. And also, no matter how much he's friends with this boy's father, he shouldn't be divulging national yeah. security oh, yeah, yeah. stuff well, to him. This is where we start to assume because he is a, a fly baby, a base baby, uh, 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 one of the base kids, we assume, we start to assume that they have certain information and they're privy to certain things, which we see which later in the film. Which they absolutely would not be. Would not be. they would not be in real, real life, but right. this is where that starts to seep in. Yeah. Um, so the the colonel has a, a colonel has a lot of like fun dialogue to chew on because he's playing a colonel in a movie. Yeah, this dude fucking kills it. Is this uh, where he does the poker line? Yeah, there's a line that's a little bit that's a little bit later. I didn't write that one down. Is but this the, guy a name? Do we no, know him? He's he's a he's just a character actor. He's definitely been in other stuff. He, but, but he fucking killed it. Yeah. So uh he's gonna get his, his tit in a ringer if he shares classified information with a with a teenager. Which is fantastic. We learned that his dad was in international waters, but the country doesn't recognize those and shut I him down. I thought that was clever. Where they there's a dispute over where the border we're, I mean, is. That's we're real. in that in kind of real life with Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, but even with international waters, like certain countries, certain dispute countries where their border is. Where, yeah. where their where their border is. Yeah, uh, usually um, because of mineral rights, the State Department is dragging their feet, and wants to negotiate. The country is a pariah nation, and the U.S. have been embargoing them, and they want to use Doug's dad as a bargaining chip. The suits of the White House have their hands tied, and they don't have diplomatic relations with this country. So, yeah, that's the that's the politics. Yeah. Now, by the end of this scene and the next scene that's coming is where I threw my pen. <laughs> and if you'll allow me, may I briefly go through the next coming scene? Uh, we- and we can recap it properly. I just want you to, I want to, <laughs> can I go beat you by wanna, beat? Okay. You want to, you want to. <clears throat> You want to run the podcast? <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. I just want you. I just to want to make know, sure that you're going to run the right scene. Uh, I'm going to do a couple of beats, and then we can go th- back through it properly. <laughs> okay. But this is what my mind just saw, ladies and gentlemen. Brody McDonald. Thank you. So first of all, I fucking was just like, "What the fuck just happened?" Because we get through that, and then we get out to the car, right? And when he's talking to his friends. So first of all, his dad's a fucking bargaining chip of what we don't know. What the fuck are the motivations? We don't know, but that's all we hear. Then we don't, we start to hear little 
trickles and stuff of like Star Wars Naboo shit, like fucking boring ass trade stuff that, yeah, we do. We start to hear that and it's like, oh, God, like this is going to be a political kind of bullshit. And no, we go straight over the top of that. We don't give a fuck about any of that. And then immediately we leave that room and it's like, okay, everything's accepted. That's what's going on. We get outside and the mum's like, fucking chill. This happens all the fucking time. Uh, you don't know. You don't remember because you were a kid, but we've been through this before. It's all good. Then we get outside and his fucking brother has now turned from the coolest motherfucker in the world to the most scared, whiny little kid. And some nerdy kid runs up to him and he's like, hey, you nerdy kid, your dad is obviously the person in That's intelligence. Milo. We've already met Milo. Yeah, I know. Your kid is your dad is obviously the intelligence person because you're like slightly overweight and have glasses. So go follow your dad for intelligence. And then <laughs> this is where the fucking it fucking broke me. We get to the car and Reggie starts talking about some shit that smells really dope and like starts like going, Oh yeah, man, this is the thing that smells the best. And I'm like, are they doing this fucking kid, this black kid dirty? Like, are they fucking about to introduce this guy as like some fucking drug dealer and he pulls out a flower and starts talking about this flower that fucking is smells so dope like you would with your friends and gets Doug to smell his flower and then squirts him with a fucking clown flower (laughs) and I'm like what the fuck just happened what the fuck just happened with this clown flower like well it's part of the prom conversation it's clearly the his whatever he's trying to lighten the mood yeah, he's trying to His change. dad is in prison in fucking some Middle Eastern country and he squirts him with a flower and it's all fucking good. But like... Because they're teenage boys going to prom. Nah, this is fucking bizarre. Brody, I'd like, I'd like to thank you. I'd like to thank you for your stellar work there and, and for um just, you know, pointing out why I'm the one that runs the beat sheet for the podcast. Well, you guys could have contributed, but like... This we were is, letting you say what you wanted you were, to say. Like, okay. This is the moment where the flower broke me and I was like, this movie is so fucking balls to the wall, like actually insane that you're either with it or you're not. And I mean, then... See, I don't think that it's... I mean, the movie, the concept of the movie is crazy, like all the, them stealing the plane yeah. and stuff, but... But I don't think that that's that nuts. No, I didn't. A, I didn't think a, it was. It's like, the fucking most bizarre thing. I think that there's something what, the that flower? happens. What, the flower? Yes. Okay. The flower you is the most so bizarre thing. How is the flower yeah. the most bizarre thing that happens okay. in this movie? Because the thing Why does he have a clown wait, flower? Wait. Because he's going to prom. Brody, oh my fucking God. The thing that, <laughs> the, the thing that Reggie says before the flower is infinitely more insane than the flower. Yeah, I agree. Everything he says is fucking insane. You didn't mention that. You okay, just went straight okay. to the... Yeah. This is what, why you're not, flower? The flower? Why you're not in charge of the flower. Because the flower broke me. This is why you're not in charge of the body. What is <laughs> it? This is why I give you all that rope. Because the flower broke all that me. Rope that and then the, it hard cut in the next scene, that's where I literally was like, well, I'm not taking notes oh, there's anymore. A, there's, a, there's a more insane hard cut coming. I'll okay, talk about okay. that when we get to it. Now we can, can rewind now, back. Can we I can please rewind. now run... Th- One thing. Yes. Oh, my God. What the there fuck is, is insanity show? with the he gets to just find out all this information in the in the thing, but the movie doesn't go batshit insane until they start trying to steal a plane no, 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 as okay. teenagers. Yes, the I flower. Agree. <laughs> 
is because they're going to prom. That's I, why he has it with him. I understand why there would be a flower. And, and it moves to that point within the conversation because they're like, you're not going to prom. And he's like, actually, I am going to go to prom because of the conversation I just had with my mum about how I should go to prom. And, he, and, then, and, then his, and then his friends are like, okay, cool, I'm going to like lighten the mood and squirt you with this flower because I was going to do that before all of this bad stuff happened. It was already part of my plan. I don't think it's the most batshit crazy thing, but I would like to know what does he say before the floor? Oh, my God. Okay, so this is the batshit thing to me. <laughs> Can I just so, say, it's the progression of that scene. Okay. When I got to the well, end I think of that scene, missed, I, think you I had to key. put it down and be like, what the fuck did I just watch? I think you missed the key part. Like, <laughs> I, I think that you moved to the flower the when okay, the thing okay. before it is so much more insane. <laughs> So, okay, so just quick, I'm going to just quickly recap, right? So uh, Doug and his mum chat about Doug go, uh, about the time that his dad had to bail out of Yeah, so he comes out of the war room, yeah. yeah. So um, I've been here before, it's all going to be okay. You should go to prom, your dad would have, but I wouldn't want it. And outside the gang are all there in their cool Eagle Eagle Flight Club jackets. <laughs> they, uh, he lays out the situation and asks Milo to steal intelligence from his father. It's just a little tiny treason. Just small yeah. treason. Yeah, and we get to see how small. like the the base babies yeah. have access. So they to have shit. access because yeah. they're, wo- they're all kids of people who have and, access. Uh, and I exactly. get the impression that Milo works a little bit in the office, right? Yeah. You know, they let him do some office work. Which, right? like, yeah, I used um, to do that a little bit with my dad. Yeah. I get it. Uh, they reassure him that everything's going to be all right. And the air force is going to kick ass. Doug is like, yeah, like we did in Iran. Yeah. Because of the Iran hostage situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To which Reggie responds, yeah, but that was when we had Mr. Peanut in charge. Now we've got the guy that doesn't take no shit from gimpy little countries. <laughs> Why do you think they call him Ronnie Reagan? Reagan. Now you listen, Doug. Everything is going to work out. Now those dudes won't mess with us. The Air Force will kick ass if they do. Yeah, like in Iran, right? Oh, no, that was different. Mr. Peanut was in charge back then. Now we got this guy in the Oval Office who don't take shit from no gimpy little countries. Why you think they call him Bonnie Ray Gunn? Almost forgot. Got some Britain here for us. Oh, man, it smells so good. Take a whiff. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. Which is infinitely more insane than a man <laughs> being squirted with a flower. Because yeah, it's basically... So it's basically giving shit for calling president. So the, Mr. Peanut is Jimmy Carter, the previous yeah, president, the yeah. previous president who who famously was made to sold his peanut farm when he became president. president <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so that's why they call him Mr. Peanut. And they're saying basically Jimmy Carter was a bitch. Don't worry. Ronnie Reagan's got it. Yeah. My response to that is fuck Ronald Reagan and yeah. everything Ronald Reagan ever did to foreign yeah. countries. And more specifically to anybody with a drug problem or AIDS yeah. in the United in the United States. Ronald Reagan is an absolute piece of shit. And if you disagree with me, I will fight you. I'll meet you in a parking lot. I'll meet you, you behind the high school. No, people that love this movie might dis- disagree. Uh, okay, with me. right. Um, so that's the <laughs> politics of the, that's the politics of this movie. This is a Reagan is era. It brave yeah. for them to have said that. No, it's nah. pandering for them okay. to have said this. this. But is it brave for them to have said that about the previous president? Because in America, no, aren't you supposed to be all like all hail no, all of the presidents? No, uh, because Jimmy Carter. Trump. Jimmy Carter was seen viewed within the United States He's, as being a weak president. Yeah. He's a bit soft. He um, he was it was during the oil crisis in America in the 1970s, so people called him responsible for the price of gasoline and for gas gas lines and everything else. There was the Iran hostage situation, which which 
they feel like he didn't deal with particularly well. And one of the reasons that Reagan was was elected president was because he was going to be strong and stand up to people. He's a strong man, right? Yeah. Even though he's a fucking cowboy, shitty cowboy actor yeah. from, from the 1950s, the most backwards values that you could possibly, possibly imagine. Um, and So it was um, acceptable at the time yes, to abs- make fun of a previous president. Yes, absolutely. In that, in that instance. And also you are, it's the, it's an era where, patriotism and Reaganism and go the military and we're the greatest country on earth. Like we were saying before, every little boy wants to be a soldier. Everybody, yeah. yeah. And it's the reason that it's a, the attitude of um, military cinema, as Janet Maslin of the New York Times uh, talks about Rambo, mm. Rambo 2 specifically, which is basically uh, Rambo refights the Vietnam War and wins, yeah. right? And and um, and missing in action, which is a Chuck Norris movie, which is a knockoff of Rambo: uh, First Blood Part Two. There's a trend of that kind of patriotic militarism within the American culture at the time, so that's why that that line exists in in the in the movie. Right. It also it's weird though because the movie wants to say that that the movie wants to be gung ho about Reagan, but the movie also consistently talks about how those suits in Washington aren't going to do anything. Yeah. So it wants to yeah. have it both ways. And it wants to have it both ways because it needs the, it both ways for the plot. Which yeah. is why they keep that kind of half of it very vague. Yeah. Very, yeah. very vague. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. why you got a character like you do who's the colonel or the general or whatever so, who's saying 10,000 different sayings <laughs> but not actually saying things. Yeah. So... I think that's infinitely more insane yeah. than the fake flower. I, I 100% agree. I understand if, s- if the build-up got you to thinking the fake flower was insane, but I don't think the fake flower was the, the most insane thing in that. In the that process of events to then come out and have a friend squirt someone in the face with the flower and they go, oh, yeah. yeah. And, like, like it, it, I legitimately paused the movie and I was just, like, sitting in it for a second. I was like, what the fuck? Did I just watch? The only thing that I thought was the only thing that when the only thing that I bumped on in that particular scene with the flower was that this kid doesn't seem like the kind of kid who would be interested in smelling a flower, no matter how good the flower smells. That's that's exactly (laughs) one of the reasons why I was like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" I think it's just a bit. Yeah, I think it is too. Just trying to trying to make. It didn't bother me the way it bothered you. We're also trying to shift. It it didn't bother me. It actually was the point when I watched that, and I was like sitting in it. I was like, "What the fuck?" And really just questioning it. That's when I like before I knew how I felt about what just happened. I hit this like I, I, I press play. And the hard cut into the next scene with the Arabic singing, and I just yeah. knew exactly so, what fucking movie this was, and yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm in." Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's that's what the insanity that happens next, and yeah. there's more insanity after that. So yeah. yeah, we get a hard cut to to the unnamed country where we get a call to prayer. We get a classic uh, racist cinematic shorthand for we're in an Islamic country. Yeah. Every fucking can piece I just of say movie from the 80s and 90s. Nah, does, I love. Does, does uh, I know that's a terrible. I like Shorthand. I like the sound yeah, of it. Thank you. I'm I love f- that feel in a movie. Yeah, I understand that. Like but Indiana it is- Jones did it a bit, and like it just gives me a vibe. Yeah, kind of. I, I, I mean, the sound of it is beautiful. Is beautiful, yeah. but it's being used as a way here to go. Oh yeah, yeah, Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. The way it's being used is really, is really, really shitty. And everybody does it. The other thing is, is that 
nobody's fucking praying in that scene. Yeah, I mean, you have to call to prayer. You have yeah. to call to prayer. But in like, even Aladdin does it. Like everyone does it when they're in a mi- yeah, vaguely Middle Eastern it's, country. It's a cinematic shorthand, yeah. and it has been forever. And all I'm saying is, it's racist as fuck, and we need to stop doing it. Yeah, we kind of have stopped doing it. There At the are, very least, there'll be someone praying if they're going to do it now. Honestly, right? I think. Yeah. Honestly, I think it is. A, an appreciation of something beautiful. I may be wrong it's about that. It's not being appreciated. It's no. being used to to. It's being used to say to the audience, "We're in an Arabic country. We're in an Islamic country, and these are the bad guys." That is exactly how it's mm. being used. Yeah, I, I understand your point entirely. I just think maybe it's become a shorthand because it is such a good sound to have. It's, it's become a shorthand because it's lazy and easy and audience has been taught that that is what that is. I, I won't argue the point. I won't argue the point. So Ted's on trial. Uh, he calls the court a fraud. Nikesh, a big bad, delivers some just generic anti-American rhetoric where he doesn't really say anything. It's just classic yeah. uh, Islamic villain lines. Um, this is the next story beat, story beat, yeah, story beat. and also that he's a pilot himself, which yeah. is highly convenient. Mm. Uh, that is him in the opening sequence. He's one of the one of the pilots in the, uh. in, the in the opening sequence. All oh, right. Yeah. Is um, he the leader of this? He's country? a colonel of the. No, no he does talk a, yeah. later. He talks about the leader, right? Um, your beloved leader or your glorious leader. I think there's yeah. a line later when they cut back to, to right. Ted and Nakesh. And he um, does talk about people. Higher above, and worse than people him. above. People yeah, above. Yeah, that makes more sense than um, he's flying. Then. He's a top military person, and he's the air force, and he happens to be in charge of this situation, yes. whatever's going on. Um, and then, yeah, uh, we'd cut. We just cut to prom. We yeah. cut from a, a trial in an Islamic country to prom, and Reggie's showing off his move, which he's fucking talented. He's great. He is so uh, fucking such and, a good t- dancer. Yep. Uh, which, like, hopefully, hopefully. It is him as an actor and performer coming through and they're like, this dude's fucking dope. We're going to get that on camera yep. and not he's the black kid. We need him to break dance. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Could have been both. Could, yeah. It could absolutely positive. I mean, obviously he knows how to do it. Yeah, true. Yeah. But it's like late, early 80s? Uh, 86. Yeah, okay. So well, breakdancing I mean, would have been strong. Almost mm. all the movies that we've watched have been... 86 or 87? Yeah, okay. 85? We, we really haven't strayed out of that. <laughs> um, Milo shows up and ruins everything. Um, this kid is just <laughs> lis- listening to high-level intelligence briefings. Milo tells Doug that his dad's been found guilty and that there's no plan to, to save him. Doug, they've already held the trial and they found your dad guilty. What does that mean? Well, nobody knows for sure. They haven't sentenced him yet. It could mean prison... Or why are those bastards playing so tough? Uh, shithole countries. There was a line of dialogue about about. Oh yeah. Doug calls it a shithole country, and yep. I was yeah. just like, "Wow, that." Uh, yeah. Bumped on that because that came back in the. Uh, I didn't bump on it because that's kind of just the crap that you would have in those older movies. Oh yeah, I agree that like mm. like Doug has a Doug says all kinds of horrible things about about this about yeah. this com- about this country. It's kind of forgiven from him because his dad got captured. And yeah, you would you would killed. Like, yeah. You're gonna be pretty pissed off. It's more just that, that that exact phrasing came yeah. back within the within the in the popular culture within the past like four five four five years. So yeah. it's just one of those things where I was like, wow, that's like the exact phrasing that a certain somebody used. Yeah. Yeah. Doug uh, goes to the simulator. Uh, well, he talks to the to the base colonel f- the first a little bit more about all all talk and there's nothing going on and it's another scene. I, yeah, this scene and all the scenes that follow besides the simulation scene in this little bit 
Like, it's just I can very tell rep- why. It's repetitive. Yeah, I can tell why this movie is basically story beats and action because <sighs> the points where they do the dialogue and the actual story scenes, they fucking suck. It's They're really so slow and shit. It's also really repetitive. Like, yeah. there's just scenes where the same, we learn the same thing over and over and over yeah. again. Um, and not just in this instance, it happens later as well with the planning phase. Yeah. We just learn the same information over I and over. I do like bits of the planning phase. So though. do I. We'll yeah. th- and we'll, and we'll, and we'll, we'll talk about that stuff when we get there. But so Doug goes to the simulator to blow off some steel, uh, some steam. Jesus Christ. <laughs> To blow some steel. Blow some steel. <laughs> Awkward eagle. Iron eagle. Um, Marty. <laughs> saying, saying, saying iron eagle awkwardly. Well um, played, well played. Um, Marty sets him up with some MIGs because the guy that booked the simulator is late. Doug gets in the zone with his music. Uh, Queen, One Vision, which... That's a song that was inspired by MLK Jr. and an MLK Jr. speech. Ah. MLK Jr., of course, very famous for his love of the military and, yeah. and violence. Wow. Mm. Or not. Mm. Nonviolent protest. Yeah. Yeah. That yep. is that choice of song is just completely. That is some bad taste. That is it's yeah. completely in bad taste. Yeah. Yep. Um, Unfortunate. Total cognitive dissonance. This this movie has not... Did not think about it. Yep, did not think about it all. In the simulator, he quickly blows away the MiGs and the difficulty level goes up. We see that the computer tells us that the difficulty yeah. level is going up. Uh, level seven. Seen. Is level seven hard? Oh, yeah. yeah seven, of what? seven of what? Seven of ten? Seven of a hundred? Seven of ten million. So I'm we, assuming it's meant to be a hard level. Yeah. I would, so, too. He also doesn't notice that the voice on the radio is completely different. <laughs> yeah. So there's no comment of the fact that it's no longer Marty that he's talking to. Because he's I talking yeah. to Marty. I didn't, I didn't pick that. He, it's Chappie. It's Chappie. Yeah, no, no, no. I it clicks now, but I didn't. I didn't pick that up. Once again, do you fucking watch these movies, Brody? Yeah. Um, more exposition via readout. Doug gets hit. Uh, the sim tells him to have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> so was, so we cute. get to see he's uh, a good uh, pilot, but he's not a great pilot. Well, yeah. <laughs> so he got he got over he got overwhelmed when Doug gets out of the simulator. We learned that it was Chappie's time in the simulator. Um, and kind of gives him shit about his uh, fancy, fancy acrobatic flying and his and his music, and uh, we find out from Marty that they used all of Chapp- all of Chappie's time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was a very nice choice. Like he comes out and he's been sitting there watching him, and yeah, he's been testing the kid. me now, testing him, and he's just like, yeah, cool. I wanted to, I wanted to see what you had in you. Doug catches up with Chappie out on the uh, on the tarmac. Um, we find out that Chappie's a reservist pilot, so he's an ex ex pilot who fixes planes because he enjoys it. Uh, Doug asks a lot of questions. <laughs> um, Doug also asks if Chappie knows his dad, and Chappie says no, but he knows the type. Yeah, which is not true. So is it a lie? Because later he talks about his There's- father. <laughs> Does he just not want to get involved? Doug bitches about the government not doing anything about his dad. Again, it's just the same. We've already hit those plot points. Uh, Chappie calls him out. What do you want to do? Go start a war. Um, Doug doesn't think they should take guff from shitty little countries like this. Mm. And I also liked that there is a Chappie fully recognises that what he is doing, what what eventually eventuates would start a war. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the only point that this is ever questioned and that is ever like recognized. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
Uh, Chappie tells Doug the problem is there's too many people making decisions, slows everything down. The movie's trying really hard to justify Doug's actions. Mm. And I'm Real like, hard. I'm like, it's okay, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. you don't need to, we don't need to spend this much screen time trying to make it seem like it's okay that Doug's going to do what he wants to do because uh, I'm in. You know, like, it would have been a better replacement. Movie. Well, and he's been a kid. He doesn't need to have the perfect motivation. Yeah. He can no, have he just the, needs, I just... want to get my dad back, I don't care. Yeah, well, and he, we've already established that he's a hothead that just like reacts yeah. to things, right? So yeah. it's like, it's like just let the movie do its do its, do its its thing. I, I, know, I understand that like Chappie needs to be against it so that he can turn him and stuff, but like we're just having a lot of repeats of the same information. We're just circling the same stuff constantly um, without it really without it really moving forward. Moving the, moving the characterization in the relationship we're starting the, char- the characterization of that relationship but we're just not moving the moving the plot anywhere the plot is just static yeah. at, this, at this point which is, I, as Jenna Maslin said in the middle gets a little gets a little slow yeah this is I feel like the second time it gets a little slow um, um, yeah but so, yeah I think what would have made more sense in the movie is if we saw the the base brats doing their thing a little bit more so we had an understanding of them. Well, they haven't even really got to it yet. So Doug is still yeah. kind of coming up with a with – a, with a, Doug is like in the early stages of figuring out a plan. He hasn't actually figured out the, the plan But that's yet. what I'm saying. Instead of justifying his actions to the audience, I think it would have been better for the audience to see that it's possible with these kids a little bit earlier. Yeah. So Doug wants to know what Chappie thinks it would take to create a plan to save him and that Doug uh, – has the base wide and get him whatever he yeah. needs. Chappie tells him that he's crazy. Um, and he whines that Chappie doesn't give a shit. And Chappie's just not fucking having it. He takes those sunglasses off and just fucking gives it to him. I, as a kid, I remember having a vis, uh, visceral reaction. Like my dad was yelling at me when Chappie, <laughs> when Chappie yells at Doug, because it's like, that's like an angry, uh, that's like an angry adult. Fucking yeah. again. It's just great. Fucking There's, Chappie like, killing it. He's just got power. Like he's just like In Lewis every scene, presence. Great. Yeah. Fucking he's presence. Amazing. He's amazing. He's magnetic as fuck. Yeah. Um, and then Chappie uh, tells Doug a story that he was a vet. This is his Oscar clip. Um, mm-hmm. That he saw his friends spread over rice patties mm-hmm. in, in Nam. You really believe that nonsense you're saying? Look at me when I talk to you. Let, let me clue you in something right now. I've given this country 22 damn fucking years of my life. 22 years. I've seen young boys blown out of the air over the Pacific. I've seen the guts sprawled all over the rice paddies of Vietnam. So every time somebody dies for this country, believe me, boy, I give a shit. God damn it, nobody talks to me like this. I'm not going to start now. You want to help your father? Hmm? You be strong for your family. You stay right here. That's not now, is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. He does it here. He does it again later. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's his second Oscar clip later. Right, right, right. And that's what I mean about like double beats. Yeah. So many double beats, triple beats in this in this movie. Yeah, well, the, it the must be because you fucking tune out in a lot of scenes and they need to do it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you tune out in a lot of scenes. <laughs> um, Doug sulks away. At graduation, Doug is distracted and has a flashback. Hold on. To, yep. Can I just say like. What the fuck is Chappie and Doug's conversation like? They don't fucking know each other at all, yet he's fully clues him in on this plan that he wants to do and Chappie fucking dresses him down entirely. did sort of know each other in passing. No. 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 The first they time met they at the met, airfield. The first time they met is when 
Chappie's working on his plane, making his mixture. Yeah, but the way he talks to him in that scene feels like they've run into each no, other before. No, no. There is no? nothing that indicates that The second that meeting whatsoever. is oh, okay. when he gets out of the simulator, the simulator and he chases and, and him down Yeah, and no, obviously I know what the plot of the movie is. I just mean that when I... <laughs> I'm like Brody. I know what the plot of the movie is. Don't, don't put me in the same boat as Brody. No, I just mean that I felt in that first scene where he first meets him at the when he's putting fuel in his thing, it yeah. felt like this is somebody that I have seen around I don't think. Mm. The I, don't think so. I don't think they've been. I mean, he, he's encountered everyone else, so yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah but I, I also, I, I don't know. I just feel like they don't know each other, and they're having this anyway. It's. I feel like it's undeserved. Please continue. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Doug is distracted at graduation. Has a flashback to flying an F sixteen with his dad. <laughs> Did anyone else not realize it was a flashback? <laughs> Oh, well, dad sorry, was because there. they didn't they didn't <laughs> do like a wavy line thing or some type of transition to help you know that it yes. put up a title that says one month earlier. Yes. His dad was there. I didn't we know where that. his dad is. I didn't realize <laughs> that even until they landed. He didn't even recognize that his dad is is Jack Death. Did you not know it was his dad? I didn't realize it was his dad. Oh like, my god, Brody. When did you realize it was his dad? It's just like he just looked like a white male, all right? Like he, he looked like what? Tim Tom. He looked like fucking Jack Death motherfucker. <laughs> At what point did you figure out that it was you his dad? He calls him dad. You were, okay. <laughs> you were such a fucking squid. Oh, my God. It is so obvious. Okay. <laughs> they land and his dad, his father, Jack Death, yeah. is questioned by his wingman who heard music up there and there was some acrobatics and they do some business about a loose loose throttle. Um, we also get a, 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 the, a reprise of this fucking song that is all the way through, this song called Road of the Gypsy, uh, their word, um, by this band Adrenaline. It's like this fucking discount Bruce Springsteen bullshit yeah. that's all the way through. I don't know why that was his song, hey. I Aside from one song that is later, I actually think this soundtrack sucks. Did you honestly? <laughs> I'm not a fan. Like I love the Queen song. I don't like the Queen song in this context. And there's another song later that I like, but I think that this is the anti-Wraith soundtrack. <laughs> I think all of the music is bad. I, I don't fully, think the music every works. time he put on his song, which I is Road of the Gypsy. I kept hearing like in my own narrative, highway to the, <laughs> like that's honestly yeah. what I, I heard in my head. Yeah. In my background work, looking around on the internet because I do that. Yeah. Um, I found the music video to the title track of this movie. movie Iron, Iron Eagle song. Iron Eagle Never Say Die um, by King Cobra. Mm-hmm. And the music video <laughs> involves Chappie yes. in the Dancing? music video with the band. Um, Is he dancing? No. Damn it. Making them He's a fucking good making dancer. Their cut, cut their 80s hair. Yeah. They're wearing wigs. It's so obvious. Oh, for the army. Um, and go through boot camp. Okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's actually, Fuck it's yeah. Actually pretty and the whole music video is shot with a tobacco filter. Hey. We <laughs> love tobacco filters. Brody doesn't know what they are. Well, I do now. I do yeah. now. So Ted chews out Doug uh, that's not an audition for the Thunderbirds or a rock concert and tells him he needs to grow up and be responsible. Is this not a man that lets his teenage son fly a fucking F-16? Who's being responsible? <laughs> he should drive. He, he lets should his fly teenage it. son in an F-16. I mean, he also makes his son salute him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's it's a weird dynamic. Weird dynamic. Um, The Velvet Dictorian is, of course, giving a thematically resonant speech about taking things into your own hand. That's helpful. After graduation, his mother delivers the news that his dad will be hung in three days. Did anyone else notice that the little little kid, the little girl just walks off in the middle of the crowd? No, I (laughs) did did not. Because she's with them because she's at the graduation. She's wearing her pink dress and stuff. They're walking away from the crowd and she just, she like looks up at something and then just wanders off. And then the mum ushers the other two over to the car and and tells them the news. And nobody does not look around for the child at all. That's a great pickup. I fully forgot there was a little girl in the family until the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, she also doesn't. Well, because have a lot she wanders do. off yeah. and she doesn't come back until the end. She's just wandering. It's like the, tra- it's like the little girl in trances. Yeah. She's just wa- lost in Chinatown. While this was all happening, the little girl gets kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> That's and then there's just another movie. That's, That's what that. the mom is dealing with. And why she doesn't oh. notice that a teenage son stole an airplane. Oh my God. Another country. What has my family become? Oh. But yeah, no, she just wanders off. Okay, good times. Um, but can I just say that is the heaviest fucking thing to say to grab? Oh yeah, like, yeah. why? If you're any kind of parent, why? I would imagine that that it's more that I mean, it depends on the family. Some families are different, but you know, like uh, it's you're an she, adult now. Yeah, and I think there was an element of I she, mean, she knew telling, before. I understand telling Doug. I don't understand telling Matt. <laughs> I mean, that's the type of thing you don't tell like the the younger child. Yeah, you know what I mean. Until like it's too late. Um, yeah. Anyway. But, um, like, they handle it weirdly, too. It seems like Doug gets fucking distraught over it at first and Matt can't deal with it. And then Matt runs into his room and Doug's fine with it? No. So uh, back home, what happens is is that is that um, Doug goes into Matt's room and tells him that he's, it's going to be okay. He's yeah. got a plan to save his father. And he wants Matt to call all the eagles to, to meet in the, in the morning. Hey, I need to talk to you. Bro, what? About Dad. I think we can help him. How? I think I know a way to go in and get him out. God, when are we going? Come on, I need you to do something for me. What do you want me to do? Start calling all the eagles. Tell them to meet me at the clubhouse tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the morning. Get a bunch of things to work out. Come on, go on. You gonna call? They're not really gonna kill him, are they? I'm not waiting around to find out. Now go on. Yeah. Uh, Call and, the then Doug, and then Doug starts. It's like it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Doug starts like looking at uh, like navigation, flight navigation yeah. textbooks. Yeah. Um, and all the stuff that he maybe has because he wants to be in the academy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, back in uh, uh, the unnamed country, Nikesh lands his plane and goes to the prison. Uh, Ted won't sign the confession they require. Why do they need a confession? Because the, the politics. Mm. Uh, and um, Nikesh is, uh, is, says that he's compassionate, but those above him are not. So meaning the the leader and and Ted is is pretty defiant. And none of the none doesn't of these seem like he's very compassionate. Also, okay. also none of these scenes they're just none of these scenes do any like there's all these little yeah, scenes has nothing. and there's no, almost no content to them. Yeah, it's like so we'd remember that that, that that's Ted's where captured. he is and to keep Nakesh alive as a character. But he could honestly they could be doing something way more interesting than, than they're doing. Yeah, I um it, it was these little scenes that I realized that Jack Death is fucking phoning in this whole movie. Like he has maybe. Four scenes. He doesn't seem to be as into it as Trent. He's fucking <laughs> not into it whatsoever. But also, 
the baddie Tim was, Thomason. The baddie was giving me Hot Shots 2 vibes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah right? The whole, yeah. every scene over in Israel, uh, not Israel, that's where they were, but this country. Flibia. Yeah. yeah. It, it gave me Hot Shots 2 vibes. Have you seen it, Kira? Oh, it's no, fucking hilarious. I don't think hilarious. you've seen either of the Hot Shots movies. But no. it's, it's hilarious, uh, but it's just Hot Shots, such a Hot Shots 2 movie. has uh, an actor playing Saddam Hussein. Oh, no. And because it's the 90s and it's after the first Gulf War and they're, it, it's all kinds of. Yeah, they're like aeroplane style slapstick fucking silly comedy. They're good. <laughs> they're actually good. They're, they're both movies are good fun. Yeah. I actually prefer two to, to, to one. Same. At the Eagle Club, first off. So cool. I fucking love it. Can we have that clubhouse? I, I want a, their clubhouse. It's in my notes. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> I love a kid's hideout. I love a kid's hideout as a base of operations for them saving the world. It's fantastic. Is it in the hangar? Is that what it's it a, is? It's a bunker. It's actually so like it's a storage bunker on, mm, okay. the, on the airfield. I kind of wish we got to outside. spend more time in that yeah, place. Like that we have what this I'm meeting. They introduced it earlier. That's literally what I like. That is my next note. Is that <laughs> is that is that you build this space? There's parachutes hanging around. There's all this aircraft stuff. It's awesome. It's lit beautifully. It's an awesome space, and it is in one scene. They, they don't use done... it as a base of operations later. Instead, they're in a fucking a shed. They yeah, use Chappie's they're place. They use a barn at Chappie's place. Which is place. like, that's okay, but they could have used it for like just parts of that montage where they're all figuring stuff out. They and, yeah. And when. If um, you're going to go to the effort Zug's to build like that set. And stuff, yeah. Right. Oh, to Or just dress that space, whether yeah. or not it's a built set or what. I feel like, like it's the same as Chappie's barn, but they've just changed it's it. It's not. It's a completely different shape. Like it's, it's a completely okay. different, different, different space. But it's such a cool space. It's awesome. It's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It reminds me of like, I love, I I love a kids kids having a, a space yeah. thing. Um, uh, the treehouse in Monster Squad, gleaming the cube where there's a kid that lives in the there's a, like a bunker in the, in, his, in his parents' backyard. All that stuff. Love love kids so having, cool. a, having. This a is out. also guys. You're gonna laugh at me here, but this is the point where I realized I was like, oh, he's going as a kid. <laughs> like at this point, I like fully. <laughs> Oh my god! This I was in denial. Realize he was a child. I was in denial. He just graduated from high school. This is what I thought was going to happen. I thought he wasn't going to be able to do anything, and then two years later. <laughs> and, he, and he and all his they eagles literally just, were on the base, and that's what I realized. Was like, nah, they're fully jumping the shark here. His dad will be <laughs> hung in three days. <laughs> You thought that he was going to wait two years and do it once he was in the air force that he didn't get into? I don't, I don't know. This, but it, it's just the moment. Like, yes, I kind of knew throughout the whole whole movie, but this is the point where I was like, nah, he's going as a kid. They're stealing the fucking plane. They're going once again. I quote Homer Simpson: "Sometimes I get bored and make up a movie with my own." <laughs> Second podcast where I've had to quote that idea. In this case, a worse movie. I know. I'm, I Cut to know. two years later. Doug, <laughs> now- Doug and Tom Cruise team up with Iceman. <laughs> uh, now yeah. he's qualified. That makes it way more fun. Uh, the whole Eagle Club is there, but not Katie, because she's disappeared from the, from the movie. Yep. Um, and Doug gives an inspirational speech and lays out what he needs from everybody. 
Um, Milo does a little bit of light treason, breaks into breaks a computer yeah. with a single key, and, yeah. and I think that lady just doesn't know enough a, about charms computers. Charms a lady, <laughs> yep. So he can steal some classified information, and then it's montage time. Yeah, and here is the song that I that I from childhood that I rem, that I remember. This is the sequence that, as a kid, was the thing that I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." Because it's Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it as they are not taking it and taking things into that. Into yeah, this own. is fucking cool. It's great. Bill's the drink on her father to yeah, get him to great. not go get the picture. It's yeah, like, so obvious. So obvious. Yeah. But, they, but they thought it through. They thought it through. We'll bring a drink in case he wants to, and then we'll throw it on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And similar to the to the like the kids having a loving a kids having a secret hideout place. I also love a kids gearing up for battle yeah. montage. Again, Monster Very Squad. Cool. Monster Squad. Uh, Lost Boys has a fucking great has a fucking great one. Um, and it's also good to uh, that, like having shown it as much as it's still very ridiculous. At least they are kind of giving you a little bit of context of how they could get this information. I just wish that I wish that this was a bigger chunk of the movie. Yes, like the kids. The the you have this you have this cast right that of kids. Uh, actors that are all like relatively good, right? And they all have good. distinct personalities, and you just underutilize them. After the opening of the, after the first act of the movie, things get sad for a little while, and there's all the politics. And then we have like two sequences where they're doing stuff. We've got this one and this one coming up later, and then they just disappear from they disappear from the movie again. And it's like this is the movie. Like yeah. this is the there is the, a version of this movie that is. Almost instantly, they start gearing up, and then throughout the course of the film, they're like, "Oh, we need another part," yeah, or yeah. something like that. And they slowly get the things instead of having the same conversation twelve times. Yeah. So uh, Tony and Doug break onto a base. Tony pimps out his sister to get in. Another classic of the eighties. <laughs> um, the the two girls get the recon photos from from one of the girls' father. So neither of those girls are, are Katie. Right. One of those girls is played by Shawnee Smith, very young Shawnee Smith, who. I always think of her in Mick Garris's TV adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand, which you've watched the first part of, but not right. the second part. Yep. I think I think she might only be in the second part. That could okay. be wrong. I can't remember. It's been a few years. She's also in quite a few of the Saw movies. She's a recurring character in the in the in the Saw movies, which I have not seen. Um, I I checked out of those pretty early on. I think I've seen like the first three, and then I was oh I was wait, done. the one who like becomes Saw. Oh, spoilers. Does she? I don't know. But there's one chick who like actually starts to follow I the think, baddie. yes, that's her. Yeah, I think. She was in like Becca. Yes. What? That's She's also in Who Becca. Who is she with, in with Becca? Becca? She's, she's, she's like the assistant. She's the assistant. In the, like, she's receptionist. the assistant yeah. of the, are you serious? Yeah, that's Shawnee Smith. That's that same yeah, person? Yeah, that was my next note. Ah, yeah. I know her. I knew one. We knew one. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Reggie and another kid in uniform let off a bunch of firecrackers. So yeah, why yeah. are they in uniform? They're no, hiding. Well, to, get, to get into the place. Yeah, yeah but we don't like see it. Yeah. <laughs> Three kids in a military trench coat yeah. um, <laughs> to look like an adult. Um, that's one of my favourite gags from BoJack Horseman. When the cat lady is yeah, dating the three, the, the three kids in a trench coat, yep. that is one of my. They go to the business. business. I have to go to do business for that to be a continuing thing that never gets like even mentioned. She, and well. then he breaks up the the told the kids break up with her. Yeah. They end that relationship. Yeah. They choose to end that relationship. <laughs> it's fucking one of my favorite things uh, about that show. Um, and uh, they let a firecracker so that Milo can get into a computer to requisition to, to some F sixteens. 
Yeah, so or, they or some information, just some like, information about where the F-16s will be. Basically, I think they're trying to find F-16s they can requisition. They haven't requisitioned them. Yet. Yeah, there's another movie that's like on the fringes of this movie where like <laughs> some planes where they needed to be to really do some good are just not there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well. That's the end of that. Uh, uh, Doug brings everything to Chappie. He apologizes to him and asks him for help again. He's got intel and he can get the planes, whatever he needs. His dad only has three days. A, a night has passed? Yeah. Yeah, it's real timeline vague about is, how many days oh my God, go we've past. The timeline this. is yeah. real. Should it not already be two days? Yeah. It's, it's real sc- uh, um, screwy. This is my um, favorite part of the movie because Chappie is fucking wild. Well, they get to work. At, there's something about maniacs messing with good men that always pisses me off. Something about maniacs messing with good men that always piss me off. Yes! What a fucking boss! What a line. Uh, and then. They get to, yeah, they get to work. Chappie uh, turns on his jukebox through violence. Turns on plays. his music so he can because so he can't he can work with yeah. But, it's but James, then he doesn't understand that as an idea when. But it's James Brown, yeah, and it's then music. He starts dancing. No, 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 no. Before that, Doug's like, "How can you work with this music on?" Yeah, because Doug only likes white rock music. Yeah, maybe? yeah, okay, yeah. Not racist. No, I don't think that it's on purpose. I think that it's like that it's. Chappie likes old man music and Doug likes modern rock music. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's what it's meant Hope to be. It just reads funny to me because it, it, re- it reads it really like, like you also should it's understand. Real you should get like, it, right? You should, you should actually could be a thing that bonds you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for some and reason, then, neither of them get it when each other does it. And, yeah. the, and then Chappie moves those hips. Yeah. Chappie <laughs> Jesus God. fucking going for it. Like that, that moves. That was like... It was kind of hot. This is okay. This is the point. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you two? Throughout (laughs) all of this kind of scene, this is where I started going, oh, that's questionable. Oh, that's questionable. With like an older man, like possibly doing some things which can be considered like, you know, look, I, I, throughout the whole time, I was like, Chappie's a fucking boss, but. It's just kind of questionable, and I will stop mentioning it because he is the coolest motherfucker in the world. <laughs> is there only one song on Chappie's jukebox, or is he able to sort through all of the stuff in three and a half minutes, which is the running time of that song? I think <laughs> I looked it up. Yeah, I think it's uh, going from diegetic to not diegetic. Is oh, that yeah. movie words? Oh, wow, look at you, movie words. Oh, I'm so proud. Chappie needs more time to think, so they go for a run with... Doug with all the intelligence. Yes. It's kind of fun. Like, but you, um, all this stuff is the thing is, is like, this is the fun bit of the movie. Yeah. It's just that we've had some a bunch of fucking boring shit and we're gonna have more boring shit before we get to the good to the actual good stuff. Yeah. This movie runs just under two hours. I think it's an yeah. hour forty minutes. This movie should be twenty minutes shorter. Yeah. I'm pitching this movie should be twenty minutes Oh, fucking oath. Yeah, wow. This and should be a ninety minute movie. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, you can make this movie a fucking blockbuster if you change certain things, which yeah. we've mentioned, like involving the kids more. But um, he's also reading out intelligence by Chappies at the show. Yes, <laughs> questionable thing. Oh, I think it's just funny. But all of this stuff, who do you reckon? Like, how do you reckon that running with the info came into it? Because it's such a bizarre fucking. Plot I point. think it's just about like trying to show that that it's trying to build that relationship and use some humor and we're trying to be light. And then we also need to get through all this exposition. So let's not do it with them standing in a room, talking to each other. Let's make it movement. Yeah. Right. At at least that's how I look at it from that kind of filmmaking thing. 
Because you could almost just have one scene like that and Chappie like dancing and doing mm. his thing and then yeah. next scene. But no, they do five trying, different scenes of them doing also, it. Like Chappie is, in terms of character motivation, I think Chappie is trying to train our hero to follow direction. Yeah, okay. And, and see him as his, as his and captain. Yeah. Like because he's about to take this kid essentially into a war. Yeah. So he needs him to be someone who will do what he says when he says. So yeah. Yeah. run with these papers. Yep. Read shit whenever I ask you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he asks Doug if he likes Italian food, and we cut to an Italian restaurant. Another questionable thing. Hey, hey, after you've just seen me in the shower, how about I take you to dinner? You like Italian food? Okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, think okay. that that's. Just, oh, I'm just saying a hit. Yeah, kind of like I saw it. I'm just like, creating what, overtones that are entirely in your mind. <laughs> there are p- points where maybe you have a point, but I don't think that's one of them. I don't think that. I actually don't think that you have a point at all. I think no, no, no. Look, I, it's yeah. not there. You're it's just trying not to, there. You're just trying to make a joke. I just don't think it's a good it's, joke. It's fully not there, but I, I just, like, there were kind of some things that I was like... Yeah, sure. That's just you. Chappie introduces Doug to Slappy, the owner of the joint. Uh, Slappy. Played by Chino Fats Williams, uh, who is the truck driver at the beginning of Terminator when Arnold Schwarzenegger appears at the, uh, at the observatory. Please tell me you knew that off the top of your head. I did know that. You're I didn't fucking, remember the actor's name, but I knew animal. that there was that dude. He's also got a very, he's got such a distinct voice and he has a line of dialogue in that movie. And he also appears in other movies. So he's in he's a homeless guy in the first Rocky movie, and he's mm-hmm. in uh he's in a scene, a memorable scene from the movie Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Roadhouse. Um <laughs> That's, Sorry, family that's a guy reference. Gag. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I fucking love Roadhouse. Roadhouse will definitely we'll definitely talk about it on the podcast. Awesome. Um, and he's also in Action Jackson, which we I really hope that I can get a copy of and we can talk about. He's also in like Is Rock- that an actual movie? Action Jackson, yes, fuck yes it is. I Starring just Carl knew Weathers. that as a saying that my dad would always say to me. Let's hit. Let's just, get some action, Jackson. Yeah, no, Action Jackson is a movie from the nine A's starring Carl Weathers. And yeah, so he's got like bit parts and lots of things, and he has a very distinct voice. So I remembered not his name, but I remembered that actor. That actor. Shut up. Um, he's the guy you sue if you get food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> just a line that Chappie says. Uh, Slappy appreciates that Chappie's bringing some white people into the joint. Um, <laughs> He says the lines, the dialogue. And look, I did this not whole, catch that not line. Catch it. Good to meet you, sir. Good to see you come around, brother, and contribute to my retirement. Okay. He's bringing some white people. Yeah, yeah, do like that. You better leave me alone. It's this a whole weird, sequence. Does he say strange, white people? Yeah, he says, I appreciate you. They laugh him with each other, and he says, uh, I appreciate you bringing some white people in the joint. And then Chappie tells him to, to go away because they're going to do a little business. <laughs> I did it's not great. catch that. That is um, fantastic. Chappie uses Italian food to lay out his plan. <laughs> See, this is the point where you're like, is Chappie just fucking taking this kid for a well, ride? Well, he is kind of fucking with him because it's his way of telling Doug that he's planning on there being a second plane. Yes. That he will fly. That he will fly. Yeah. Doug asks, and this is where Doug asks Chappie when he first met his father. So somewhere in the meantime, they've actually had a conversation where Chappie acknowledged that he did know his father. Yeah. Even though he previously said he didn't know. Yeah. Not on screen. Ted 
Doug's dad stood up for Chappie at the simulator and snapped him a salute because he seemed, understands dignity. It seemed like there was a confusion in Chappie's story where, like, they were being racist. Is that – did I read that story I right? I think that they were questioning who this guy was, who this dude was in his in his mechanic uniform covered in grease coming into the thing. And, yeah, it feels like there's a slight racial overtone there. Where, um, du- where Doug's dad was just like, yep, like, I believe you, you're on base. Yeah, you're, yep. you're, or he knows who he is or, or whatever, knows his, reputa- his reputation or whatever. So, yeah, there is a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I don't think this movie is trying to make any statements. No, no, I no. Think it's just, I think it's I just think a little bit. I think in a Reagan of, movie, those statements are v- definitely yeah, avoided. Yeah. I think it's just yeah. a, little bit of, a little bit of business within the text. It's yeah. just, you know what I mean? Um, Chappie still wants proof that Doug can do what he says. Um, they only have one day left. How I mean, it feels like it's been a fucking week. It, it's, yeah. it's gone from in the, this morning when he went to Chappie's house, they've got three days left. It's now the nighttime of the same day. They've got one day left. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. The, I the, didn't even I didn't even fucking track that. Yeah. They should have just said that he had a week and then yeah. it would have all made sense. Yeah. Chappie wants two fully loaded F-16s to test if Doug can fly and shoot. Back in uh, generic Islamic country, Nikesh has Ted beaten because he still won't sign the confession. He admires his ability to endure pain and wonders about his ability to deal with death. Endure death? death? I don't think it's endure. I think he uses a different word, but it's just more, he's a bad guy. Look at all the bad that's happening. Tiny treason. (laughs) Tiny treason. Milo pulls pulls it off. That's what this movie should be called. Tiny Tiny treason. treason. Iron Eagle 2. Tiny treason. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh, Milo's pulled it off and there's two F-16s with weapons ready to go after some computer screwiness. They take off. Doug jokes about where the throttle is and has a Batman voice so they can talk to the tower. (laughs) Yeah. In the air, Chappie wants to see where he's got. He does all this acrobatic uh, stuff that's kind of fun. They head over to the range to attack some targets and Chappie tells him to cut the music. And then, of course, Doug misses. Mm. He can't do it without it. Stowing off his rhythm. Yeah. Chappie's that like, is going to be a problem if he's in the Air Force because he can't have his music on yeah. if he's in yeah. the Air Force. The Air Force is going to be like, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, Learn how to shoot without no. the music. <laughs> the exit door is that way. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Some kind of maverick? Some type of top eagle? <laughs> 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 Who's gunning about? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Chappie doesn't think he can do it, wants him to land the plane, and Doug wants to do it his way. He turns his music on. He's so good that he blows up the same target twice. <laughs> the exact same target twice. Oh, I did not even pick that Everything up. Everything is double cut. Uh, the, the, the vertical target, yeah. it's the same target blowing up twice. It's the exact same target. Because there's the vertical target and there's, there's the, the, the horizontal, the horizontal ground, ground, yeah, ground for yeah. different For different weapons. I wouldn't know because throughout this whole period, I wrote no notes and would not let myself take notes <laughs> so I could just watch it and enjoy. Yep. Chappie, uh, the computer helpfully tells them that he's destroyed all the targets. That wouldn't happen, right? Like how <laughs> would the not. computer know if the thing hit the thing? Because it's got sensors and radar and it's an AI in there and they're not even flying the plane. And there's plot. Because you as a viewer need to understand in the movie and the filmmakers don't trust that you understand what happened. Yeah, mm. but to be clear, planes don't do that. No. I also had that question. Not yet. Chappie's impressed and they're doing it. They're actually going to steal these planes. Invade a country. And invade a foreign country. Here's the sequence that, that we kind of talked about earlier. That's mm. another fun sequence. At the barn, the eagles are running a, their own command center. Why is this just not their hangout? Their hang yeah. Chappie wants to go into business with Milo. Yeah. Is that, 
Because he's the intelligence is that kid. Selling state secrets? <laughs> <laughs> is this is this is is Milo a Soviet plant like that like those people in the Americans? <laughs> <laughs> um shout out Carrie Russell. Chappie teaches the kids some dogfighting one oh one and about how refueling works so that we understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to get behind the other plane. Yep. To shoot it out of the air. There is a lot of fun in this sequence. It's fun, it's really fun. They're having a good time. And then um Chappie gets Doug to do his adult voice. Yeah. And then he tells him to do it like Slappy and then Doug does a very questionable impersonation of, yeah. of Slappy's Slappy's voice. Yeah. It's accurate. I'll give him that. <laughs> um there's uh they're planning stuff, they've got a little model. Also, there's lunch like, on the he table. Gets told to, he gets told to use his adult voice when he's talking to the towers and stuff, and he doesn't. No, he does no, not. not at all. He does not use no. his adult voice because at all. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, Chappie's lunch. Um, what's this? That's my lunch. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, when they're like doing all That's the great. tabletop fucking um, strategy. How long is on the clock? Because it's nighttime again. Yeah. Or later the same day. I don't know what's happening with the, with the, with the time. Uh, they take a photo. Don't do that. Do not document your criminal conspiracy. Yeah, they take a team <laughs> take a photo. Team photo. Also, how with funny all is the it? intelligence up on the wall behind them. How funny is it that fucking Milo is taking the photo and he's just left out? Yeah. Yeah, one of them has to take he, the Milo's photo. going to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the smart enough, one. He's the smart one enough he's one to not be in the photo. Else. He's the Soviet plant. Yeah. Um, they, do the, they go through a final checklist. Chappie goes full uniform on them. Yeah. They've gone a long way in a short period of time. How long? 24 he wants, hours? He wants to shake each one of their hands. I loved yep. that. We have like the, the, the kind of like a, a emotional scene between the two brothers where Doug tells Matt that he's the man and he's got he's to yeah. be in charge. Promises he'll be Okay, back. so I was expecting you to, to bring up a particular thing and you have not brought it up yet, so I'm going to prompt you because you seem to have a pattern and you are not conforming to your pattern. Because again, I was sold on this this conceit, I told you. I'm amused that you have not brought up their weird, the the Eagles' weird group high five handshake shit. I was about to. I have it in my notes. <laughs> God damn it, we haven't got there yet. They already did it. They did it earlier. The three way high five. The three way high five. No, this is not the first instance of it. It's did the they? second instance of it. Because it happens twice. It happens three times. Oh no, I definitely spotted it. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. I do not get it. So one it's jumps at the other five. and they hold hands. Then another one jumps at the other and they hold hands. And then they just go, Eagle. Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> so lackluster and weird. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad. I, I, yeah, I was waiting for you. To, <laughs> waiting for you to, I didn't realize it happened. Where is the first one? In mine, I think it's earlier when the when they come out to the car park in the weird sequence with the flower. Ah, uh, okay. Um, they um the the in one my notes, the it end literally is the says awkward. it says weird handshake Brody question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I was all over that. There's a little bit of last minute check of Hades bomb. So Chappie has a last minute fucking, idea. Fucking bullshit. That, that bomb is a, fucking bullshit. Shit, shit. He wants a Hades bomb, not a real bomb. Uh, it's for when Doug lands, Chappie tells him to go to, go to sleep, to go get some rest. because Go tomorrow, rest in my bed. In go my, in, in my, my bed. Oh, my God. Bro. Because they're at his house. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm Dickhead. Sorry. Meanwhile, in Palmerstown. Uh, <laughs> Set up, pay off. Uh, Nikesh orders them to give Ted his final meal. After tomorrow, he won't have much of an appetite. Time is a flat fucking circle. Yeah. I legit 
thought about trying to figure out the time difference between like roughly somewhere in Libya and California. <laughs> and then I was like, who the fuck has time for that? Yeah. It doesn't matter because clearly time the time is frame is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Doug can't sleep. He's watching a little TV. Chappie's trailer is way bigger on the inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that Didn't even click. <laughs> I think it, it might be a double wide, but like from the outside. It, it has does like not four rooms. That, it does not look that look that big. Yeah. So Doug's. Doug's ready, but he's chilling and watching some some TV. And Chappie puts him in his place again. He pulls out a photo album of the dead. Go ahead, open it. Who are these guys? A bunch of kids that thought that they were ready too. Pilots? All of them. They all look about 22 or 23. That's right. All of them. So I don't see what you're getting so worried about, Chap. What makes them any different than me? Because they're dead. All of them. I'm ready. I'm is, ready. No, you're fucking ready. People have died before you live. It's his second Oscar clip for, for Chappie. Uh, he's real graphic. Uh, <laughs> he is real graphic. Chappie never wants to kill again. He's the cop that doesn't want to use his gun. Yep. Doug uses reverse inspiration on him. He's <laughs> proud to fly with Chappie. And then Chappie gives him a pair of his wings as a loan. And they do a fun handshake. Yeah. They also have a fun handshake. Mm-hmm. Brody question mark. Uh <laughs> I can't recall what it looks like, but I remember going, that was awkward. (laughs) Um, Chappie wants Doug's tapes. It'll become clear why in a second and sends uh, Doug to bed. Uh, Also in here somewhere, I don't think I would ruin it down, but we also get the uh, I'll call, um, we'll call, somebody will call your your mum and your your girlfriend um, after the fact. And then Chappie, we get a VO out of nowhere. As Chappie's wandering around outside the outside the trailer, giving Doug some instruction just in case on his, on his tape. It's sure a strange making you this tape. I just got finished talking to you. You had that look on your face, that look you had the first time you asked me to help you get your father. I never told you how I felt about you. Always had a problem talking about my feelings. But I want to tell you now that you got more courage than anybody I ever met, and you're going to have to use every bit of it to get through this thing. And I want you to know I'm proud to have been by your side. And whatever happens, just remember, we tried. And no one can take that away from us. I feel like they, they spoiled this. Yeah, I yeah. feel like they shouldn't they have shouldn't had that have scene had that, because it because it's, a, it's actually a repeat of what uh, like it, uh, the same thing happens happens later. And that would have been a little bit more emotional. Yeah, yeah. if we yeah. only found out about it from the actual tape. Yeah, he knew he was um, going to die, kind of thing. And yeah, Chappie kind of expresses that he has problems talking about his feelings. Yeah, yeah, and because uh, pers- yeah, from the second he's recording something for him, you know that he thinks he's not going to make it, and that that's going to be a factor later. Yeah. So. Personally, I hope he uh, took yeah. over Road of the, Road of the Gypsy, <laughs> and then the mission begins. This With is the where mission my notes begins start the, again. <laughs> the mission begins, and there's 40 minutes left in this movie. Yeah, it's fucking wild. It's, it's, it's too long. Yeah, it's too much. So this is where they start to become terrorists. Well, yeah. So they take <laughs> off in their F-16s to fly across the world to fake Libya, Palmerston. At this point, so I. There is a conversation earlier about the planes being transferred to Spain. Yeah. And I think that what they've done is taken those, those like, put themselves as pilots on those planes for that mission, which is how they under the refuels because they've got to do the checkpoints and then at a certain point later on they go off course and then the tower yeah. calls for them. So they so, yeah. they, the movie were they were out there to go somewhere else. Yeah, the yeah. movie never explains that. Because one of the things in his little checklist with the kids in the, in the um, hangar is that – 
it, it are, are our flight plans approved? And yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah they're so all, they, it's all approved. It's so. all, they have figured out a way to make it seem like it's a legitimate thing. Yeah. And they have hijacked, secretly put themselves into these planes that are being moved. Um, they have some banter. They've got a secret f- frequency so they can talk that nobody's monitoring. <laughs> Bullshit. And they're going to relax until they refuel. They fill up. Because I'm 100% that guy, I was curious about the actual flight time booted up Microsoft Flight Simulator in which you can fly an F-18. Mm-hmm. Um, the flight time from the closest airport to Alta Vista, California to fly to Tripoli, Libya, which is, I think, roughly where they're flying to. It's in the yeah. right position in the Mediterranean. Without Look at, you, look at him with all this fucking research, <laughs> man. Do the work. Do the work. <laughs> I'm very work impressed. Work hard for this podcast that nobody's going <laughs> to listen to. Without factoring in refueling, which would definitely slow them down, 23 hours and 59 minutes. Yeah. Well, he asked if he's sleeping. I have a note about that, um, So, uh, which I wish I'll get to. So uh, while we're at it, the range of an F-16 is 4,220 kilometers, which means in a direct flight from Alta Vista to Tripoli, they would have had to refuel three times. Time is a flat circle. They had one day left. They had one day left and they only refueled twice, didn't they? That is a fucking good point. I mean, we don't need to see all three refuels, yeah. right? Yeah. That's like, I don't need the movie to do that. And yeah. it really, it doesn't matter. I was just curious because that's my brain. But yeah. like, that's, that's I think so all funny. of these problems could have been fixed if they just said that he was going to be hung in a, a week. week. Yeah. Or two weeks. Yeah. And also. And it's not like it matters. It's and not. also cut this, in, cut this entire sequence down to a montage with music instead of fucking three scenes that we do not need. Yeah. Look, I get that the scene of him, like, talking about, like, his worries and stuff before they Which go Which we in. need. We need that, yeah. but we don't need all this other, bu- with yeah. this other business. It could be much shorter. We do Did a little bit of music, some music, some flying, some refueling. They have a, an intense conversation, and then it's like, okay, it's time. Let's go. Right? So much quicker. Did you notice in this these couple of scenes that the background changed? A couple of times. Oh, yeah, the the con- there's no continuity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Deep thoughts while they're on autopilot. Doug asks Champion if he's sleeping. What the fuck? No. Yeah. You do not <laughs> sleep, sleep in a fucking fighter plane. No, you don't. I looked up an article because I was very concerned that that's a thing. I was like, a motherfucker's sleeping in fighter jets. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a thing. They just take speed to stay awake for that long. Yeah. That's a, that is also a real thing. And Fetamines for, for fighter pilots is a real thing. I mean, that's so how truckers thing. do it. Yep. Yeah, but they're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they have a conversation about his father again. Chappie says that his father was trying to make a man out of him. Fucking song comes back, so no, he didn't tape over it. Now Doug has doubts. <laughs> now that's real, Doug has doubts, yeah. which I think is a good moment. But again, it's just like, fuck, man, can we just get to the to the Iron Eagle of it yeah, all? Fuck that. <laughs> and then they do break off from their, fight, their flight plan. Chappie teaches him some basics about weapons and fuel. I feel like that's a ground conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like Fucking that's a, They had all this planning time. They didn't talk about taking care of your weaponry and fuel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, even his tapes and shit, like there's so many things oh that are said God. in the next couple, couple of scenes and you're just like, he really shouldn't have known this stuff beforehand. Yeah. He tells Doug that he talks too much even though he's the one being super chatty, <laughs> yeah. and then tells him to play the right music. They're running seven minutes late because of the refuel, because the refueling stops. They jam the enemy's radar. Every time that somebody says, talks about jamming radar, I think about Spaceballs. 
Yeah. Do they make up time by listening to music? Oh my god, yeah. So they do a bunch yeah, of low flying. That's so good. I they didn't play even a think song, right? And the, and then they do some cool low flying maneuvers with fighter jets, which is actually like really cool. And they play the Queen song again. Again, very inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they instantly. It's not. It's not even ten seconds later. Like we made up three minutes by listening to music. And also, why does that matter? Like, why is that? In the movie, like, yeah. what is it adding? To it's the, adding no, to the, tension. no I, it's tension. It's trying to, but it's not. It's not. And then we get to the attack on the airbase, so they can knock out. They can knock out this country's air power. And I, I will give you a warning. I have so many notes about editing for the entire <laughs> last act of this movie. So if you're listening to this and you are not into the craft of filmmaking, uh, I mean, why have you been listening for this long? And also, it's time to time to turn us off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or at least skip forward a little. Uh, so the bad guys get th- managed to launch three MiGs as Doug takes out the runway and some planes. Chappie uses his cannon, mm. so that's the machine gun on a fighter jet is a, is a cannon, and to blow up a very highly explosive tower. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is that this tower whole movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then he blows up a highly explosive radar that also manages to blow up tr- some trucks and tents, you can see the explosives underneath all the trucks. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even know. I always look. I just look now. I just know that yeah. that's what's going to happen. They duel the MiGs. Chappie takes one of them out with a model missile. It's really hard to follow. You can't tell who's who half the time. Yeah. This is my this is my complaint about the aerial stuff in this in this movie is that I don't know who's who. I, I can never tell who which plane is meant to be which. Well, there is the definitely a close-up scene of them flying their planes that are not their normal planes. Oh, there's another thing. So I didn't really take note of this, but something that I read about online about somebody else's complaint was that they switch from being a single seat configuration to a twin seat configuration within the same scene, within the the, the same plane. It's meant to be the same plane. And that that apparently that shit happens like all over the place. And the weaponry, all the missiles are really inconsistent. Like after Doug drops the Hades bomb, there's a shot where the bomb is on the plane again. And yep. there's all kinds of, there's just no effort to create continuity. But again, how fucking hard is it to do this, to do this shit in the, in the eighties? You know what I mean? There's, um, when, yeah. Especially when you're trying to like uh, in an edit, an editor is trying to tell a story and piece things together. And if you don't have the piece that you need for that sequence and you can take it from another sequence and it just so happens that the Hades bomb is on there, is an audience ever really going to notice? So yeah. I, it, I'm not. And it's like, not like the that audience stuff is, knows is kind of, that that Hades bomb is the big red one at the bottom. We just assume. Yeah. Anyway, so there's all that. There's all that that kind of stuff. The MIGs run away to lure them into range of some AA cannons, and Chappie gets gets hit. Doug takes out the AA with his cannon. It blows up. AA being aircraft artillery. Uh, anti anti air cannon. Yeah, it's an anti air cannon. Okay. Yeah, aircraft artillery. Yeah. He takes out the cannon. Do you notice that there's only one shot of the cannon firing and they just use it over and over and yeah. over? No, but yeah. this is throughout all the flight, throughout all the because dog fights, again, there's because reused it's a mo- shots Because it's so a model times. shot. The cannon firing is a model shot because they couldn't fire uh, a real Yeah, a real yeah that makes, that makes sense, a lot of sense. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> and so they just use the, the same shot yeah. every single time. That the, that cannon I think fi- there's that two fires. different ones, one with like a couple of different paints. There's one for the, there's one for the bad guys yeah. and there's one for the good ones. They also just flip the shot sometimes <laughs> so that it works yeah. in the sequence. Nice. Yep. Yep. It blows up. They cut to a Jeep pulling up and then they cut back to the exact same AA blowing up. <laughs> it's just the same shot. Nice. 
Um, slightly different, well, slightly different angle, but it's the same, slightly tighter. Doug got all three of the guns. We only saw him blow up two. Mm. Okay. Well, really one twice. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about, about editing notes. Chappie's having electrical problems and there's more MIGs. The MIGs are finally approaching. Chappie tells him to load the tape he gave him and climb if something happens to him to play, to play the tape. You can just tell him, like, I've left some instructions yeah. on the tape for you. And then they split the party. Uh, Doug jewels a MIG and takes it down. Again, like, continuity here is nuts. Like, they go from, like, clear sky to cloudy to... Um, yeah. There's the rear projection shots of Doug in the plane. The ground is like right behind him and <laughs> for some stuff. And then it's just not there the next shot. Yeah. And so like the, the altitude is just all over the place. He wants to go to Chappie, but Chappie tells him to put the tape in and not to worry about him. Chappie takes out a MIG and then has turbone failure. Again, the computer tells us that that's what's happening. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. ditches, and ditches into the, into the med. Yeah. And as a kid... This was devastating. To really, me. I mean, it was fairly upsetting for everybody, wasn't it? I mean, I definitely knew what was going to happen at the end. I mean, I kind of hoped, but I didn't know for sure that he was going to come back. Look, he comes back. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Wallace has been dead since Die Hard. <laughs> I I felt that he was he came such across so strongly that like he just wasn't going to stay down. And because we didn't see it, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I suppose that's true. We didn't see it. But, but we also don't see a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as a kid, I legitimately thought he was he was dead. Yeah. And I, I was thought because like, really upset by it. It's a strong they, move. Because they had um, obviously foreshadowed it, I figured, yeah, that he was going to and that he wasn't coming back. Mm. It, it's definitely a strong move, especially when it's like a kid doing this stuff. It's like he's going out on his own to do the rest of the mission. He doesn't need Chappie. It was it was a go- it was a really good choice to kill off Chappie, but I just knew it wouldn't stick. Yeah. Right. Doug does what he was told. He climbs and he plays the tape and uh, Chappie force ghosts Doug into continuing the mission. Yeah. <laughs> At the prison, uh, Nikesh wants the runway repaired uh, ASAP and then... Uh, this is the only runway in this whole country. Well, it's like one that they're closest to, even though they're... Well, here's the thing is that this is an airbase that he attacks and then he goes to where the prison is, which there is another airbase. Yes, thank you. It's the same airbase. Yeah, it's a bit But confusing. not. It, it's, it's real weird. Chappie's created a walkthrough for him <laughs> <laughs> on the tapes, getting Doug all pumped up. Did he mix the music? Did he like... It's, is it like making a mixtape for a girlfriend? <laughs> <in the night? laughs> Like a little bit of voice, a little bit of queen. <laughs> like He's done a very masterful mix. Um, this one's for you, Chappie. Doug blasts uh, Give Me Some Lovin' as he attacks. Takes out some helicopters. Those helicopters just go real quick. They're like, yeah. it's, they're going to be a threat. Look out for the helicopters. And Doug just like takes them out. I love that scene, actually. It was like, I wish he was a better actor to betray like, I'm fucking hurting, so I'm going to be the best pilot you've ever seen. Yeah, well, getting revenge, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though he's already on a revenge mission. <laughs> um, and he's then literally a fucking terrorist. He takes out some more AA. And then my favorite piece of nonsense from this movie. What? It's the shot that I talked about earlier that I saw in another movie that I was like, I fucking know this shot. It's when like a radio tower collapses onto a yeah, tent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the tent and it explodes. Explodes. <laughs> like it is literally yeah. like it is a car in the wraith made out of gasoline. Yes. It is insane. That shot is insane. Um, that's the shot I remember seeing in other, in other movies. And yeah. that is the shot that I remember even watching this movie with my dad when I was, was, when I was a child, him going, 
what? <laughs> see, see, that kind of shit is like the stuff you would see in like Leslie Nielsen movies where it's stuff that I love. Where one just of my shouldn't. favorite things, one of my favorite things is in 21, the 21 Jump Street movie with Channing Tatum and, yeah, uh, and, yeah, yeah. and what's his face? Jonah Hill. Uh, Jonah Hill. Where they have the car chase and they keep on expecting things to blow up <laughs> and they don't <laughs> blow up. And then the milk truck blows up. That is so good. It is yeah, the that is absolute fantastic. best. Yeah, Doug makes his demands over the radio. As Nikesh listens, Doug will destroy five targets, including an oil refinery, if he doesn't get what he wants. Nikesh is going to the airport because he's going to take care of it himself with Darth Vader getting into a yeah getting into a tie fighter. Some odd choices by Nikesh here. He's going to fight the battle himself, but he also complies. I fucking just forgot what a word was. All of a sudden, <laughs> he complies with the demands. Uh, no, he sets him. up a trap. Yeah, but. Still, he's like, well, yeah. let's get it because we don't know well, what's going to happen. Anyway, they're stalling because the, they don't put him in the Jeep straight away. So yeah. Doug goes and blows up a refinery that is clearly a water treatment plant. <laughs> but, like, this is the it's, biggest act of terrorism that he actually does. It's legitimately a water treatment plant. <laughs> it's a desalinization plant. That does not look like an oil refinery. I yeah. know what an oil refinery looks like. There's a shot of him vaguely dive bombing it. Yeah. A bunch of pools that are clearly water. <laughs> you keep oil out in the open like that? I mean, yeah, that's a fucking good point. <laughs> you just got a big pool full of oil. Uh, you know, for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sun can dry it out and we can transport it better. What the fuck? <laughs> it's not... The insanity of that it's one just, thing. It's just like... Yeah, I don't care that it is in the movie. I'm just fascinated by the choice. Yeah, I'm fascinated. Like, I don't think it takes away from the movie. Like, no, most people are never gonna never. Yeah, know. So shorthand. You, I saw a vaguely like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like so they were so they they were like no 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 we we weren't leaving near an oil refinery but we'll fly our planes near this salinization plant and <laughs> yeah. they go yeah all right yeah fuck it whatever uh, that pilot is a dead man. They move Ted in the jeep. Doug starts talking back to Chappie like he's there. <laughs> yeah. Chappie then doesn't have any more advice, but reminds him about the Hades bomb. Fucking bullshit bomb. <laughs> it's so silly. At the at the it makes no sense. At the runway, they pull well, Ted. Chappie told him to talk to the radio so that everything was recorded. That's why he's talking back oh, to the yeah. radio. Good, yeah, good pickup. Yeah, keep a log so that yeah. things are recorded, so that our treason is recorded. <laughs> yeah, because so that's that, so really We've important. got a play-by-play. So that you're talking to a dead man is recorded. <laughs> that can be used in a court of law. Yeah. Um, at the runway, weird business. Do you guys notice the weird business? What do you mean? When they bring Ted over with the Jeep, they pull up, Ted's in the back of the Jeep, they pull him out of the Jeep and then tell him to get in the Jeep to drive to the end of the runway. I thought they were pulling him out to put him in the front seat. Yeah. Yeah, but, okay, yeah, you're right. They are pulling him out and then they tell him to get into the into the Jeep. He's on the driver's side, but he walks around to the other side, around the front <laughs> of the Jeep up and gets in on the passenger <laughs> side and then slides over into the driver's seat. Oh, that is pretty gold. Fuck. What the fuck is happening? Uh, to be honest, that is the only moment of tension in the whole film. Like it's him getting weird. to the plane and landing while everyone's still shooting and like yeah. going crazy. That so is the only he moment. He rolls down. I was just like, I rewound it. I was like, what is, <laughs> what is, because I was like, am I just not, seeing this right and then no i was right ted rolls down the runway nikesh figures out the dog's alone 
He hasn't figured out he's a teenager yet, despite the fact that he's not talking his Batman voice. Um, (laughs) They're going to let Doug land and then cut Ted to pieces. Yeah, it's a trap. So Doug then lands. Landing, this is the part that, like, of all the ridiculous things in this movie, landing the F-16 and then getting out. (laughs) Yeah. Because... You need a ladder to get out of an F-16. Oh, that's a great call. (laughs) Fuck, I didn't even think about that. Dude, I was questioning that the whole movie. I was like, so wait, is one of them going to get out and like And also you're just making yourself a target. Like all you have to do is like park a tank over the horizon and roll like, or whatever, right? Like like actual like mortars or artillery. Like it is, once that plane is on the ground, it is useless. Yeah. It is useless as a piece of weaponry. You're basically just like, they could just take it out. They should have included more of the I mean, they should have included more. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason because the Hades bomb, the Hades, he drops the Hades bomb. Um, so fucking dumb. Uh, also before that Ted's, well, no, he hasn't landed, actually landed yet. So as he goes to land, Ted's shot by a sniper. Yeah. And so he does a touch and go and takes off and then drops the Hades, the Hades bomb because he forgot. <laughs> Even though Chappie just reminded yeah. him. Oh, they also revealed some anti-air and Doug goes nuts blowing them up. We see the same exact same barrel roll a couple of times and he blows up another tower. It is a different tower. It's not the same, but it does explode in five different cuts (laughs) just to make sure that we understand it's blown up. And then he sends his, Nikesh sends his troop down the runway and then Doug drops the Hades bomb. We're a little bit out of order there. Yeah. Is it meant to be napalm? I just don't want to name check napalm. But like the thing is, is they fucking... Could just drive around it. Yeah, but they dropped this bomb. How right? long is this wall of fire? That's the thing. There's so many things that are fucking wrong with these things. So he drops a, this Hades bomb, which yep. is essentially a wall of fire that we learn in earlier scenes that means that you can't see them and they can't see you. I was picturing this thing as to like be this like flare or something that he was going to wear goggles through or something like that to like, I don't Once know. Once again, just making up your own technology. I, I don't know. But like, we don't Batman. know what the Hades bomb is, right? We, it's going to be something. Yeah. But then they drop it and it's literally a wall of fire, which they can so easily get through. It doesn't look that thick. I don't know why it's as long as it is. Like it really shouldn't, but it's in this perfect line. And I'm pretty sure that could just drive around. Yeah. 100%. But they decide to drive through it and yeah. before so, anything has happened, things flip going through the <laughs> fucking fire. Two, two Jeeps drive through and the fire causes them to flip over and explode. They, it must have been one of those those rolls that you were talking about. Fucking no, it's not. I don't. It's not. I don't think it's a cannon roll. Oh, it could be a cannon roll. I don't know how they're doing it. I couldn't see because of the fire and stuff. And they're already flipping before they get through. We actually get through to the fire. It's so it could so just silly. be a little ramp or whatever. Yeah, um, it could be a, a ramp, a ramp roll or whatever. But fire wouldn't make you do that. Exactly. No, fire doesn't make your jeep flip over. No. No. Doug runs to his father, who's surprised to see him, but not super surprised. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. The troops are still debating how to get through the flames. They send through a motorcycle with a sidecar and the rider just falls off as he goes through the flames and the passenger turns into a dummy. Why would why <laughs> would a motorcycle... The passenger just literally just turns into a dummy. Why would a motorcycle be better than a fucking car? Go around. <laughs> Does the Hades bombs create a line of fire for 100 miles? Earn must. Like... Go around. Fucking we never hell. see a wide shot. Like we through this entire sequence, you never see a wide shot. It's just to a wall. Explain why but also, the fire it. isn't even that high. Like it's this. Like you yeah. can definitely see through it. 
It makes no sense. And why would the person on the motorcycle ever think driving through it was a good idea? Yeah. yeah. Like so you're going to catch fire. <laughs> yeah. Nikesh asked for two brave men um, in the plane. They get back in the plane. Ted wants to know where their air supporter is. Does he think the Air Force sent his son? <laughs> he does. He does think that. Oh, Legitimately exactly. does. I, I mean, maybe it's Jack Death in there. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, also, can I, can, they're all firing through the fire, right? And, yeah. and we don't see impacts of anything that they're shooting. Uh, but, we, I mean, yeah. I mean, squibs are expensive. <laughs> um, and then the war rig from Fury Road smashes through the fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doug fires a Maverick missile from the ground. According to the internet, that's not possible because a Maverick needs to drop before it actually ignites its rocket. And that's what he asked. Will it work on the ground? And his, and his dad's, dad's like, like, I don't oh, know, try, try it. it. Um, <laughs> who cares? They blow up the, the war rig and then take off. More MiGs are coming. Nikesh tells the most armed plane to land so he can fly in. That is fucking gold. Ted tells Doug to punch it for the med. The MiGs are too fast and they're going to have to fight. The reason that I'm doing this beat by beat is because, like, so specifically beat by beat is because of the insanity. It is fucking insane. He has two missiles left. Do you think he can handle a loop? Do you think he can handle the music? <laughs> it was a nice line. So dumb. He's also got, like, 300-something cannon rounds or whatever. They don't 30. Really... No, 30. no, no, later. That's later. Okay. That's later. So he cannons another MiG, one down, one to go. Uh, a second ago, there was fucking six MiGs in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Cannon's another one, and so now it's only Nikesh now. Note that he has not fired a missile yet. When Nikesh catches up to them, yeah, he his dad goes, uh, "Be careful! This one's an ace." Are they how all they, not? How do they know it's Nikesh? They don't know it's Nikesh, but he's flying like an ace. Oh, fun fact! Do you know what an aerial ace is? An aerial ace means you have shot down five planes. Yes, which means before he's even a fucking pilot. Uh, a real pilot, Doug, is an aerial ace. Well, there you go. That is true. Doug avoids a missile and talks smack to Nikesh over the radio. Is that a thing? Can you radio enemy? Yeah, you would. there would be a frequency that you would talk to them because obviously, like, so what usually happens in this kind of engagement is that is that the, you know, the the planes not even in visual range to each other because that's actually how dogfights are, sh- are, yeah. are done. Uh, not in visual range to each other, but see each other on radar and then be like, what are your intentions? Where are you yeah, going? What are, yeah, you, what right. are you doing? Oh, we're allowed to be here. Go away. That's sure. usually how that stuff goes, right? As far as I know. Yeah. Ted gives us the play-by-play with the computer. Yeah. <laughs> so that we understand what's going on as Doug avoids cannon fire and quite easily just gets behind the cash because that's how you win a dogfight. Mm. Chappie taught him. Uh, he fires, He gets a missile lock. So long, asshole. <laughs> He's taken down so fucking quickly it's and just unsatisfyingly. Real, it's real quick, yeah. They double cut the blow up of the plane just so that you know. <laughs> well, why wouldn't important. you? More MiGs and he has no missiles left. He has fired one missile. Not a minute earlier, he said he had two missiles left. I feel like you're Rain Man. I love um, the comment that his dad makes where it's like, way to fly, Doug. And he just like pats him on the back and it's like, can you reach him from there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's more MiGs, but he's got no missiles left. And only this is where the 30 rounds or whatever it is, uh, yeah. not enough rounds. So they run, but they're burning fuel. And then they're American. 
Yeah, do Americans the, the, fly MiGs? Well, no, they he thinks they're MiGs, but then they're not. They're okay. they're they're F sixteens, like his like his plane. Um and they use a lot of threatening words that make the MiGs run away. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um So the Americans at some point must have figured out that these guys ran off and well, followed them? They're, so there's earlier when they go off course, off their planned flight plan. Um, and then, of course, they've probably got some type of um, intelligence or tactical assets within the within the the area of the bombing, and they're like, "Well, shit's blowing up over there, and that's where that's where Ted is." Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should do something. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah the Americans show up. Doug asks about Chappie, and they learn. Well, they got Chappie's Mayday. Yeah. They also say they got Chappie's Mayday call, and they learn that Chappie's wreckage has been found. And Doug asks if they will fly the missing man formation to honor Chappie. Major, would it be okay if we flew the missing man formation for Colonel Sinclair? We're already in position, sir. And we'd be honored if you'd just ease up in front there and take the lead. This is so dumb, but this part gave me goosebumps. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was oh, like, this is so sweet. Cute. It is cute. Yeah. They're not flying in the missing man formation. <laughs> I looked it up. That's not what that looks like. We'd um, be honored to have you fly in the point. Yeah, we'd, yeah, we've got a space up for you there. You just fly on in. Um, You're not a fucking war criminal. And then Chappie left a message for Ted on a tape. Oh, to tell um, him how awesome his son, his son is. is. Yeah, which it's like at no point is Ted like, what the fuck is happening? Also, <laughs> do it on the ground. Yeah, do it on the ground. Back at base in Germany. It's a Ramstein Airbase. Doug is just reunited with Chappie. There's no, there's no like setup, and they just hear just hear Chappie's voice, and he's alive. <laughs> yeah. Doug is 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 going to jail. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I love that they're like, if this ever comes out, it's like, are you fucking kidding? This country would have just told everyone that America just invaded them. Yeah. So. Is this well, where no, the reuniting like, happens with everyone and everybody's hugging? No, that's uh, that's after okay. this. That's after this. So, um. Uh, well, they go in front of a tribunal and they threaten like 25 years of jail for blah, all the shit that they did. And then they're like, but it's okay. We're going to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. Because we can't let yeah. anyone know that teenagers can and take then, over the Air Force. <laughs> for the love of God, Doug is still fucking whining <laughs> about the fact that they didn't do anything. Um, they have to be silent about what they did or else. Um, and then Chappie turns on Doug. He'll turn on <laughs> yeah. Doug. Um, Doug has zero reaction. That he should be punished. But it's just a play by, by Chappie to get him into the uh, into the Air Force Academy, which is what happens, and it's a happy ending and just a little small international criminal conspiracy. Yeah. And then they all get off Air Force One? Yeah. Well, they is get off some, it's, some a plan. it's not Air Force One. It's but just it's a, a, it's a plane. It's an Air Force, uh-huh. it's Air Force plane. So, yeah, back home, Ted gets a hero's welcome and the fix is in because the local news reporter just wraps up everything in a neat package with an explanation. Yep. Uh, actual fake news? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> legitimately lied to the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think the news people know they're lying. Yeah, no, but yeah. it's just it's just kind of amusing, and everybody gets off the everybody gets off the plane and gets and Chappie gets a jacket. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Chappie yeah. gets an <laughs> eagle flight crew jacket. Yeah. I love he's how part of the child's gang. <laughs> yeah, Doug and the Eagles do the weird three way high five and handshake again, um, <laughs> and Chappie lets. Uh, Doug keep his wings as we crane out and all is all is right in the world. <laughs> I love in the ending news uh, uh, exposition. There's rumor has it that <laughs> Chappie was involved in the uh, and it's perfectly him him back, logical. But that's just rumors. It's perfectly logical for the um, 
to the news, like they did tell the news that what the Air Force did was send his child. No, no, no. He met him at the at the base. Yeah. At the base. They say they literally say, here's his here's his son Doug Masters. He's something of a pilot himself. He met his father. He flew to Germany to meet it to meet his father. Oh, he flew and to then, Germany but to the meet his father. The okay. end, it's like uh apparently he's going to the Air Force Academy. I wonder what it'll be like yeah. when he gets the thrill of an F sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> but also yeah, that was very like old school like it's very yeah, new he's, he's such can't wait until like, he has the flight of his own F sixteen. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, a bit ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But also, are they meant to be at Ramstein when they're during doing the that? tribunal? Yeah. No, no, no. When no, they no. Get no this plane. is at home. Oh, because I was going to say because that's why all the kids are there. Yeah, and I was no, like, they flew like, all the kids to Germany. <laughs> that's what I and thought. Not, and not even like, uh, like not even Germany, Germany, like half of Germany because we're still in the <laughs> yeah. we're still in that era. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's Iron Eagle trailers after the movie. Janet Maslin. <laughs> She does a review at the beginning of the trailer. I didn't even realize she was one of the one Jenna of the ones Maslin that of they the New York Times. Yeah, because they read out all the fuck. reviews. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, she was one of them. The oh, first trailer after the after the movie starts with uh, like somebody reading the rave reviews because it's, yeah, because it's a prestige uh, thing, and one of them is Janet Maslin of the New York Times. Fuck, damn it! Broke Who doesn't? My, like she us? broke my heart. Oh, she'll come back to us. Don't worry. Um, I believe in her. The trailers for John Voight. Eric Roberts, Rebecca De Mornay movie from the director of Tango and Cash. Yeah. Run, runaway Train. The most gripping and entertaining film I've seen in many months, maybe years, 10 plus, Gary Franklin, KCBS-TV. John Voight gives a fiery performance. Janet Maslin, The New York Times. A sensational picture, intense and brutally powerful. Variety. The best action movie of the year, Jan Herman, New York Daily News. Exciting, powerful, and thrilling as anything I've seen in years. John Corcoran, KABC-TV. It's a success, a super thriller. Michael Wilmington, The Los Angeles Times. He's pushing me. Please, try again, and I'll send you out of here in plastic. He wants me to jump the wall. Go for it. Nice, youngster. I owe you one. Hey, Manny, take me with you. They escaped together. They battled the elements. They achieved the impossible. Now, man, we're free. But their train to freedom was out of control. Shoes that burn off. The overspeed control must have gotten screwed up. Engineers do not just quote. You want to be a top guy? You want to be a legend? Go back! Sugar, come on! Their struggle for freedom became a fight for their lives. John Voight, Eric Roberts, Rebecca de Mornay, and Andre Konchalowski film. Runaway Train. This is a movie that I heard about on 
another podcast. I think it might have been Screen Drafts. It could have been Pure Cinema Podcast. I yeah. don't actually remember. But I didn't know about this movie until literally like two years ago. It seems like a quality movie. It's a fucking great movie. Yeah. It's it an amazing great. movie. Like I actually was like, why? how the fuck have I never heard of this movie I before? I fucking love, I mean, I love John Voight, but what's the I dude? Don't, I don't love John Voight. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Uh, I mean, he's crazy right wing nutbag. Oh Trump. no, I just mean on screen. I, I don't, don't like him the on person. Screen. I don't really like him on screen either. Really? No, he's not. He's not my not my not my thing. Well, I, he normally plays a good kind of bad guy. Yeah, in this movie, he's there's a lot of the only down point of this movie is that he's doing a lot of acting with a capital A, and he's mm. also doing an impression of a guy named Eddie Bunker who is a real criminal, who's also standing right there next to him for the first part of the movie. That's <laughs> awkward. And Eddie Bunker is one of the, uh, is I've forgotten which one he is, but he's one of the guys that gets killed off early in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. yeah, he's an ex-crim. He was a real guy that did prison time that ended up uh, becoming a writer. And then when he got out of prison, in prison, and when he got out of prison, and then became an actor. And he ended up in a, bu- in a bunch of stuff. And he's also in this movie. Who's the the... The other dude is Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. Who's in best of the best. I fucking love that man. He's one of those older dudes that you see and you just like, you're he's a also fucking in like, sexy older dude. He's also, <laughs> he's also in the Batman. He's like, he's got big he parts in, in the Batman. Batman. He's, he's a he's, mobster. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's been in hundreds of movies. Yeah. He's just a dude that likes working. And his voice yeah. is fucking great. I um, love that dude. So yeah, um, Runaway Train has one of the most beautiful epic endings of a movie that I've ever seen. Fantastic. Yeah, it's one of those movies where after it was over, I just turned off the TV and sat in the dark for 20 minutes thinking oh. about what I had just seen. Wow. Like the end of that movie is incredible. So does it go on our list? It's actually, no. It's too it's good a too movie. Good. It's oh. too good a movie to be. Like, if you want to watch Runaway Train, we'll just watch Runaway Train, <laughs> right? Um, uh, because I do own a, own a copy of it and um, because it's it's amazing. It's just incredible. Okay. Yeah. Now the next movie. Oh, my God. Uh, Quicksilver. He wasn't just good. He was the best. I'm going to sell every option I can get. What are you doing? I know what I'm doing. I'm looking for lightning to strike. Bad is it? I lost it all. Everything. Seven damn you two together. Go! Jack Casey's just landed. You tell me you're driving a bike, you're delivering junk, that's for you. In a world where the pressure's off. On the street, I, I feel exhilarated. Street sign says one way east, I go west. Risk is purely personal. Jack is so smart. What's he doing here? Survival is an instinct you learn on the streets. And winning is a feeling you never lose. You have all these choices that you can make. Now, Jack Casey's climbing back. Get out. His way. I'm staying with you. When you have nothing left, all you really need is the courage to get it back. Kevin Bacon. Quicksilver. 
with also dope, for, but for different reasons. Yeah, um, Kevin Bacon is a Wall Street guy who's lost everything. And Lawrence becomes a bike, Fishburne, bike courier. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, Jamie Gertz from The Lost Boys. Oh yeah, one of my biggest, of my biggest crushes. One of my other other teen crushes. Oh fuck, you've had a lot of teen crushes. Well, yeah, he's in love with everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'd heard the title of this movie, but I didn't know what it was about, and I and I never seen it. Um, so there was a fun trailer. Uh, Kevin Bacon calls it the low point of his career. Oh, okay. Wow. So I'm all in. Uh, appropriate age to have seen Iron Eagle. Ooh. Ooh. This feels more like a kid movie than some of the others we've oh, watched. Oh, definitely. It so, is rated M for mature audience. Which is a in surprise. A, in Australia, um, it was a PG-13 in the United States. I think sort of a 10 to 13. Wow. That, that kind of like is when that sort of kids save the world is sort of the most fun. Yeah, the boring bits, I don't know whether they would get to the fun, cool kids take over the world part if they're just watching this movie without anyone sort of making them stay con- concentrating on it. I think a little, I think it skews a little younger for me than some of the others. So mm. I would, I'd say closer to a 10 than a 13. I reckon this is the kind of movie that my mum would have plopped me in front of and made me like, a tray of like little snacks to have for lunch. <laughs> so the boring bits is when I would have been eating my sandies, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like five. Oh, yeah. Five, even younger. I mean, I, I reckon. I don't think there's any problem with young, yeah. younger people. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, because you don't really see anyone die. Yeah. I think it's fine. But this is um, definitely like your caper toys flying around. Like a yeah. five-year-old could watch this easily and I reckon. I, I, kind, I think I kind of look at it from the perspective of would the kid. Be entertained. I think Where a little boy is going to see Jets. Yeah. yeah it, like possibly. it's like jets flying around and like that's Yeah. And that's kind of what my position was when yeah. I saw this when I was about seven. Yeah. Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh ratings. The way we rate movies is out of is out of five, which is the way that we do it on Letterboxd, with one being I hated this movie, two being I didn't like this movie, three being uh, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, basically it was fine. Three being I liked this movie, four being I loved this movie, five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. See, I gave Wild Thing and The Wraith a three and Jim Carter. I don't think that I – it's hard because I, I – just – everything's in the middle for you. Everything's a three for you. No, I gave Jug a 3.5 and Future Cop 3.5. There you go. I'm deciding between a two and a 2.5. Oh, that's low for you. But you yeah. really liked this movie. I, You've been it, singing its praises the whole time. I have, but you know what? It's one of those movies that – it, it wasn't special. Hmm. You know, like Salute of the Jugger, once I fully like found that in myself, I was like, fuck, I actually really enjoyed it. Future Cop, I went in with the right mental attitude and I was all <laughs> about is, which it. Which is just let's have a nice time and not think about anything. Yeah. And Iron Eagle, I went in with that mentality and it has so many more glaring problems where I think it's less excusable than, say, a Future Cop. You know what? I'll give it a 2.5 for Chappie. So it's fine? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. I feel like I give too many things a three, but I don't love it. I do like it. But I don't like it as much as I like Jugger and Future Cop, so I can't give it a 3.5. Once again, similar to last week where it's a low three for you? Yeah. Yeah. Or just a, just a three. It's just a straight three as opposed to a high yeah. three, which is a 3.5. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really mixed on this. I remember this movie as being a fun romp and 
it has that occasionally, but it's not as much as a fun romp as I as I remember it. Yeah, being. yeah. So, and I mean, that's a that's a problem with with sometimes revisiting things from from your childhood is that you see them with dif- you see them with different eyes and things don't things don't hold up. See, but this is the feel- first one for me that didn't really hold up. So, yeah, like I, I didn't dislike the movie. Um, I, but I didn't have a great time. So this is a three for me. This is my lowest, the lowest rating I've given a movie. Yeah. Moving on to next week. So it's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> it is our it favorite is, part. It is Kira's turn. The way that we pick movies for the podcast is that Kira and Brody will alternate. Uh, taking turns, picking from three movies that I've prepared. It is, in fact, Kira's pick this week. It is. After Brody picked Iron Eagle last week. Uh, if a movie remains unpicked three times, uh, it's struck out, and uh, but it can come back at a later date if I choose for it to do so. Still on the list with one strike each are Meridian, Kiss of the Beast, starring Sherilyn Fenn, and I think we all know how I feel about her. And we all know that Ken and Brody both want me to pick this movie and I'm probably not going to pick it. <laughs> and then uh, Eric Roberts, James L. Jones in Best of the Best. This you know is what? the one I want to pick. This yeah, is the one I want to I'm pick. I'm kind of leaning towards that too now. Yeah, so I really want this one. So Meridian, a horror fantasy movie with uh, supernatural elements. Best of the Best, a uh, uh, karate movie. A team is not a team if you don't give it a Yeah, him. it's an inspirational sports <laughs> drama with karate. And then I present to you this week as your third choice, Brendan Lee. Oh! In oh. Don't give me Brendan Lee! And Powers Booth in... Rapid fire. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Do you want to just talk us through what you're seeing? I love Brandon Lee. He looks so pretty. Yeah, just 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 take, give yourself take five. Do yourself a favor. Google Brandon Lee shirtless and, <laughs> and have a nice time. Brandon Lee Powers Booth. Powers Booth. That is a real name. Rapid fire, Max unarmed Power. and extremely dangerous. Brandon Lee. And Powers Booth in Rapid Fire, unarmed and extremely dangerous. Fuck. Oh, no. Yeah. Why would you give me Brandon Lee again? Because. I've already said no to Brandon Lee once. I can't say no to Brandon Lee twice. How dare you. Kira, in post-production, can you just edit the Jeopardy music back in? (laughs) (laughs) What's going to be more fun? (laughs) Meridian Meridian Kiss of the Beast. Uh, Have you noticed that I'm not even looking at that tape? No, it's completely (laughs) out of the equation. It's going to be two strikes. Brody will pick it next week is the thing. Not unless I give him something better. And I have a lot of Yeah, but I know Brody, which means that I think that I am in good shape to lose best of the best if I don't pick it now. So I think I'm going to go best of the best with the hopes that Brody might pick Brandon Lee next week, and if he doesn't, I can pick it the week after. I can guarantee you that I flip-flopped like a motherfucker. So as soon as I saw Meridian, I was in a completely different headspace, and I was like, I don't want fucking Meridian. Yeah, but he'll turn you on it. I know you. (laughs) He does manipulate me like a motherfucker. And then I will add a third option that will cause you extreme pain. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing is that we can't miss this. I think I think Brody's more likely to pick Rapid Fire than he is to pick Best I of the Best. I would have picked it this week against something else. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go with my inspirational sports drama that I came into this podcast thinking I would pick, because <laughs> a team is not a team if you don't give a damn. <laughs> Tune in next week for us to talk about Best of the Best, a movie that 
I've not seen since I was very, very young. So who knows if it holds up or not. It just very looks exciting. like fun. I think it's going to be fun. Yep. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't like, don't subscribe, make better life choices. <laughs> Let Jenna and Aslan block you. <laughs> follow. Go, go outside. Or you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Weird Video. Yeah, you scumbag. And scene. scene. I guess we're keeping that. Scene thing.